fictional world which you inhabit can be bent to your will only when you enter the fifth dimension. Who do we got in the house today? Dave Rose. We got Mr. Dave Rose, CEO and founder of the great Montrose Foods, father and mother of the great smoke show sauce. That's me. My friend, Dave Rose. I know you and love you a long time. Smoke show is actually progressive. It has two dads, not father and mother. It's two fathers. You know what? Yeah. It's me and my brother. This is super, super 2020. It is because I guess it's pretty 2020 to not... um, to not judge uh, the birthing of, of something yeah, by yeah, two yeah. brothers. Yeah, exactly. Right? Intersex now is totally, uh, you know, intersex parents are same-sex parents. Yes, I like to same-sex, consider- same-genes parents. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I would say that you're actually quite avant-garde. Yeah, I think that me and my brother being the brother, lovers, and Fathers of Smoke Show is really the, the narrative I want for this company. So what came first, uh, the sauce or or the love and sex between you and your brother? <laughs> Dev, I mean, the sex started at a very young age with me and my brother. Okay. Yeah. And then, and then as we got older and matured, um, we realized that, you know, it was time to try for a child. And we did. And my brother... Uh, inseminated me and i gave birth to smoke show to a lightly smoked jalapeno hot yeah, sauce yeah exactly all right so i know you've told this story before but uh this is the i guess it's called the Misho podcast we don't know yet we haven't named it yet yeah we haven't uploaded yet so yeah what when, when's this what, what's what's the timeline on this uh next week the first episode is going up wow. so it, i gotta figure it out amazing there's nothing nothing helps make a decision like a deadline I, I I love that because I, I don't know I don't know if you're like me, but I believe we're probably cut from the same cloth, where nothing will get done unless it's a life or death. You know, like uh, I will procrastinate to the end of time unless there is some kind of real necessity or, like I said, life or death that I have to make the decision yeah. or I have to get the job done. Yeah, yeah. So, and, yeah, so but, I have to put myself in these situations. Like, I have to make a hard deadline. That's why I work with producers or else the song would never finish. I would never be done. Right. But I'm paying them. We only have three, four days. Song's done. Yeah, I, I, I'm the same way, especially with business. It's like, I have no choice. If I don't have a deadline... I have like things will just go on and on and on forever. I've been that way my whole life. I, I that's why I got kicked out of university. <laughs> but now I've you know I'm a bit older and I've I've given myself, uh, you know I I take the time to give myself realistic deadlines and I try to hit them as close as possible. Yeah, and do you find as you mature, you're like less hard on yourself for not being, let's say, as disciplined as you want to be. <laughs> Sorry about that. And you, um, and you just put yourself in situations where like you just have to like pull through. Like it's like creating, uh, not boundaries, but creating, putting yourself in a situation that you plan where you have to pull through. Like rather than, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like a kind of very high risk, high reward situation that requires you to deliver and yeah, but not like, shit the bed. But totally. Like let's say you don't, you have a meeting and let's say you just set up that meeting because you know you will have to have gotten that work done for that meeting. Right. And you set up the meeting before you even did it. Just knowing that by setting up the meeting would mean that you don't want to show up and embarrass yourself. Yeah, right. Right? So 
maybe that's what it is. It's like you don't, you don't want to embarrass yourself. That's what I do. Yeah, I mean, I, we've all been there, and the you know, ill prepared for a meeting or whatever the fuck. But uh, but yeah, it's definitely um, as as my professional quote unquote career you know grows. It's I've seen a big change from like you know the student I was in high school that was just an Olympic level procrastinator to now being more kind of this needs to get done for this reason and you have to fucking do it or else. But it's also, it's because I, I don't want, I didn't care about my high school grades, smoke show and, and work. is like, I, I, I didn't give a fuck about what I was going to get in a geometry exam. You there know? was no skin in the game. Right, right, right. No repercussions. Exactly. With smoke show, it's like, I have put everything into this and it's like, there's no option. It's like, you know, the, the old saying, hungry dog runs the fastest. It's, it's that's what it is right now. It's just, it's just go, go, go. And, and, and there's no, turning around there's no stopping foot is on the gas all the way so that's why you were saying put yourself kind of in a do or die and you won't die but if you put it yourself in no situation it's just gonna yeah yeah you'll coast. do nothing will yeah exactly yeah you'll dance around in circles and and it'll just be bullshit so put yourself put your back against the ropes you know all right so ladies and germs we have dave rose here from smoke show that's and me. and uh Dave and I have known each other a long time. Dave has a fantastic company and they make beautiful sauces. But why don't you tell the people? Why don't you tell the people? Because they want to know. Tell us your story. You know, I've heard the story. I know the story. But this is a new platform. This is going to yeah, hit and I'm galactic curious. levels. Yeah. And I mean, I mean I'm, I'm stoked. I, I, I'm so curious to know who these time travelers are. You know what I mean? And like, what, wh who's hearing this? Who are you? Who are you? What, so, <laughs> so let me, so, so what do you want the story of smoke show hot sauce? Yeah. How it started? Yeah. Give me the story yeah. and then I'll tell you about the time travelers. Yeah. All right. Yeah, exactly. I need to hear more about this. Yeah. Um, so long story short, well, long story kind of short. I was working, I had been kicked out of university and I was working as a oyster shucker slash bus boy, mainly bus boy. At, okay, wait, uh, kicked out, kicked out of university. I don't even remember this part. Well, kicked out, I was put on academic probation. Okay. And and basically asked to never return <laughs> to Concordia, sociology. No, I wasn't in fucking med school. I was in sociology and they couldn't, they're just like, you're not cut out for this, which is fine. And, <laughs> uh, and, you know, when I left university, I went on my own kind of, time travel where i went to a third world country and i i volunteered orphanages and shit like that trying to find some sort of a purpose for my life because i knew i didn't want to sit at home and play video games and you know do nothing with my life so fast forward a year or two i was still working in the restaurants and i um i was hung over on a sunday as i often was and i was going to have dinner at my parents place and feeling like a fucking asshole because i was hungover i was like i need to do something i need to do something productive today and not feel like a complete degenerate so i went I, I had been wanting to make a hot sauce for a while and uh i ended up going to the outwater market i bought some jalapeno peppers i drive out to my parents place and i get to grilling these peppers and i have no direction really i'm just kind of winging it uh, my brother was there. He was uh, smoking ribs that we were going to have for dinner. So I tried the peppers. And then on my way in the house to make the sauce, my brother's like, yo, throw these fucking peppers in the in the smoker. Like, and I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, absolutely. Like, let's do that. Like, you know, smoke flavor is great if handled properly. So threw it in the, in the smoker half an hour, no more, no less. And uh, 
threw, got, brought them in the house, started to like throw ingredients in. I knew I wanted to use a sweetener. I decided on maple syrup because it, um, it's complements smoke so well, you know, like, like smoked maple bacon is the best thing on the planet, arguably. So it's not a, it wasn't a Canadian thing. Or was that I like... Mean, I mean, I think that the, the Canadian thing was that it was in my fucking house. We okay. had a giant <laughs> jug of maple syrup. That is very Canadian. Yeah. Of like having a $50 jug of pure Canadian maple syrup. You had no agave? No, no, none of that in the, in the rose You didn't have any uh, uh, molasses? No, no molasses either. <laughs> so it was, it was, it was like, you know, grab the, the maple syrup, put it in the, um, put it in the, in the blender and blend it up. So blended the sauce. There was other stuff in there, apple cider vinegar, you know, ballpark mustard, onion, lemon juice, shit like that. And then blended it all up, strained it, boiled it, and bottled it. And then uh, about a week or two later, I had a another party. <laughs> well, your your family home was known for amazing parties. Yeah, yeah. The Rose residence, uh, you know, it wasn't just smoke show that came out of that household. There was a lot of stories. It was a vibe. A lot of crazy shit went on in that house, which has now been sold. But shout out to my parents who probably won't hear this, but still, they deserve a shout out. Because, I'll send them uh, a link. Yeah, yeah. S- send them a link. My mom would be stoked. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, that house was just a magic place. And we had a lot of parties there and shared a lot of crazy times. So had a party, which actually wasn't at that house. It was at my apartment right down the street from here. And... Uh, the 500 ml bottle of hot sauce that I originally planned just to have for myself was on the table. It got finished. And, uh, two days later, sorry, the next day, two guys called me and were like, Hey man, like, can you make me some of that sauce? Or can you like, can you next time you make more, can you like make an extra batch for me? And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know, it's like going to, it's like going to someone's house and having a, a lasagna for dinner. And then the next day you call them and be like, next time you, hey, can you make me one of those lasagnas? Like it, it, it was an odd exchange. So I was like, yeah, okay, whatever, sure. And then, you know, a light went off in my head. I was like, well, maybe I can sell this stuff, you know? And uh, I brought it to a bar and a restaurant uh, of which I was friends with the owners. And they both were like, hey, man, this stuff's amazing. If you want to start selling it, um, we'll buy it. So I went next weekend, bought more jalapenos, and just made another. And so batch. it began, and I sold a case of hot sauce for sixty five dollars, and it was immediately, you know, that feeling of turning an idea into a business and like generating revenue at a profit was was amazing, you know. And that was it. That was that's but that's what started this whole thing. And now that you know that was five years ago. Now we're distributed across canada entering the united states we're in like 550 locations across the country um it's been a hell of a ride as you know um but i mean it's been the best time of my life for sure and that's that's an amazing thing that that to me is a time travel story because it was an idea yeah it, you were you were looking for purpose no, you know, you were looking, you had this itch, you know, you, you said you ventured off, you did some charity work, you didn't want to play video games, you had this thing in you that needed, like, there was a bug in you, right? There was that need to, to do something, to create something. Exactly. I don't know if it's the artist in you or the entrepreneur, or maybe they're the same, maybe they are the same thing, but you wanted to do something and then boom, out of love of, 
you know, you're being, you're hung over and you, you wanted to make something delicious. Right. You want to make a sauce. And then it just like, it spawned something, exactly. something that like, like there, you weren't planning this. You weren't like, Oh, I'm going to make this sauce. I'm going to test it out at the party. No. And then it's going to go, um, people are going to want more of it. Then I'm going to, I'm going to start some test yeah. cycles. It, it was just, it just happened. It was, it was like jazz. <laughs> I didn't write, you know what I mean? I didn't fucking write a recipe down where I had it all kind of, you know, okay, we're going to put two tablespoons of maple syrup and we're going to add this much salt. No, it was just, it was completely improvised and freestyled. And it really comes from, you know, a, a sense of, of creativity that I don't know. I think, I think, it, you know, not to get too deep with it, but I guess we can because we're, you know, on this We're podcast. in the fifth dimension, <laughs> dude. It was, it comes from my parents, man. My parents didn't matter what I was doing. They were always like, yeah, do it build this or fuck around with this or go take pictures. They were all like so supportive and like pushing me and my brother to be super creative and like never shut us down. Never said like, what are you going to fucking take pictures of this building for? Like, it's ugly. It's stupid. What are you doing with your life? No, they were like super supportive and loved it. So it gave us a kind of, I guess it was a sort of like sense of confidence and like you, you know, just do it, just fucking do it. And and if anything comes from it, then good. But like, unless you try it, you won't, you won't know. I, I think that's that's a gift. I, I think it's the most important gift that a, I, I don't know anything about parenting, but that a parent can give a child is that that fucking confidence to be like, you know what, just do it, and we won't judge you, we won't laugh at it, we won't, you know, if you you want to cook dinner and if it sucks, we'll still tell you it's good, or we'll tell you what's wrong with it and how you can do it better next time, or whatever the case may be, but that was the biggest gift that I, you know I got from my parents was just the support 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 no matter what we were doing no matter what insanity me and my brother and my sister were up to you know yeah and that's that's a really beautiful thing also side note it would be hugely hypocritical of your mother to tell you not to take pictures of shit because i follow I mean, her on instagram i mean Come hot on. flash hot flash first of all how good is her name hot it, flash is, is amazing the best shout out at is that hot flash no numbers 2014 <laughs> just because at hot flash 2014 it's a it's a it's a boomer thing yeah. You got to put a number. After. I have in my house, I have a printed, I have a print of a picture she took of water in a swimming pool and I had her sign it at hot flash 2014 and it, it's hanging in my apartment and I'm, I'm proud of it. My mom and people are just like hit me up all the time. Like, yo, hot flash is killing it on Instagram. Yo, she, her, her content is consistent. Yeah. Her attention to I, detail. She doesn't know it. I think she's like, like, a, like an influencer. I, I think know? she is too. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Hot flash 2014 <laughs> is definitely an influencer. So, so going back to the, uh, their willingness to support you. It's like, we have enough voices in our head that tell us not to do shit. Right, right. If that was compounded with a parent uh, telling us that like everything we did was shit and it'd be useless, what do you, why? Like, it's like our, my parents were the same way, especially my mom. And it, it's almost like they were like, yeah, just just try it. Just, just do it. Just create. Just do what you need to do. Right. Without any sense of like immediate uh, positive feedback or dollar figures. It's like my mom looked at it from, I think like your parents, like a, an artistic perspective or an expressionist perspective yeah. where it's like, we're not looking to see how you can bank on this because I see a lot of people uh, that I grew up with uh, people, people around me who, who weren't as creative, let's say as me, or didn't take risks kind of like I did in the artistic domain or in any other ventures of life because I'm pretty sure their their parents were more immediate in like the actions that you did. Like what what was the feedback? What were the, what were going to be the instant results? 
it's like, don't be a photographer because how are you going to make money with that? Like, after yeah, how are you going to support a family? Who's going to marry you if you're a photographer? Who's you're not going to have money? You know what I mean? It's, it's like, like, yo, yeah. listen, I'm, I'm, I'm just taking a picture. But if you're conditioned to that, like growing up, and it's not like those people's parents' fault. Like they were conditioned like that too. Like the the line goes a long way. Oh yeah, it's yeah. it's a long stretch. Exactly. No one's to blame here. Exactly. And this this beautiful ecosystem, we need all shapes and sizes. Right. But I, yeah, I, I th- that that to me. You know, it's a hard, I don't know how my parents ended up the way they did. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I don't know. I, and the same as you, I, there's a lot of people I'm surrounded by that like risk averse. Uh, and, and you know what? A lot of them are super successful, have money are set up. They're, they're like living the dream and like, you know, congrats. Like, that's amazing. And I support that big time. And we, you know, the world needs doctors and the world needs fucking engineers. You know what I mean? Absolutely. We can't all be. Uh, selling hot sauce or fucking, you in know, in the fifth dimension on a podcast. But but regardless, um, you know, the world also needs creatives, and 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 how you, I think, get that is really by just letting your kid trust himself. You know. Yeah, and but like you said, it was pretty profound because you went to your parents and their and their support from early life, and and I think that's that's a big factor that we don't look at. Just in general, it's like we are really a product of where we come from, yeah. whether it be like physically or genetically or environmentally. If they were always supportive, then you probably, let's say, let's say when you were born, the algorithm or the, the probabilities of you venturing off into an entrepreneurial artistic venture were probably much higher. Like it probably could have been, Oh yeah, it's like 79% he's going to be pursuing something in this domain. Yeah. yeah. Like I can't wait till the day comes when, when you're you're born, there's like an algorithm that says, "Oh, you're gonna be this, or you're gonna be that, or you can be this." Right. Yeah. You know? I mean that. I mean, there's gonna be a movie about that soon. For oh, sure. well, hopefully, I'll write it. You know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's it. No, I I, I completely agree, man. I think it's. Uh, I think that, and, and I mean, just look. I'm here. I'm here. I'm talking to you about my parents. Like, like I'm so honored that they're my parents. You know, like it goes full circle. Where like the older I get you start to like appreciate the shit out of your parents when they're, when they're like that, you know, it's like, Holy fuck. Like I know guys who are girls who like resent their parents for how, you know, they were so like helicopter parents and they like wouldn't let their kids breathe or experiment or do anything. And like you end up resenting them. It creates all kinds of weird fucking dynamics as you get older. And then you have your own kids and you have like helicopter grandparents. Oh, the whole thing is getting get fucking gnarly. So correct me if I'm wrong, but are your parents at this point in your life more like good friends? Yeah, they're homies big time. Like like they're they're amazing. And and they're good friends to me and you know my siblings, but also to a lot of my friends. You know, a lot of my friends would just come over and hang out with my parents. And uh yeah, they're like, you know, I have friends who just will text my mom. Like, "Hey, what's up? Like, how are you?" You know, they have their little inside jokes and their little their little side. Uh, yeah, my mom You wouldn't get it, Dave. My da- Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> My dad is more like low key, you know. Yeah. But, but my mom is like a bud to all, like all everyone, everyone. Yeah. I love that. Crazy. Okay, so back to Smoke Show. You're five years in now. Yeah. And where? How do you? How have you changed from the beginning and now? And in this trajectory, out we'll get to that. But like, let's say five years from now, because what you learned in the five in the last five years probably have have shaped you as a person and probably understanding of life, right? Like, and how shit really operates. Yeah, I mean, how I see it less now as I see it less now as just like a a fun, cool thing, but also 
I was totally guilty of of having this like fairy tale idea of st- that starting a business equals you will be rich and successful and and within a year or two and like this big alpha thing where it's like oh yeah like like oh I own a business like it's not that like it's not there's so much time and effort and it becomes more than just a business it becomes like every single day for the last 5 years for 20 hours a day i'm thinking about hot sauce and i'm thinking about smoke show and the brand and when it started i i think i was a little bit like naive i didn't know i didn't know what the fuck i was doing i didn't know what a business entailed i didn't know any of that i just was i was just winging it um cash flow supply chain all these fucking yeah, I dream killers I, yeah exactly <laughs> that's all it was you know i like the, these all these things all just as a company grew and then you start realizing like, okay, this isn't a lemonade stand. This, there's a lot more to building a brand and all that than, than what meets the eye. And, and you can't, it's not just fun and games, you know? Like you have to, you know, if you want to make an omelet, you got to crack some eggs. And unfortunately, uh, there's shit that has, to, you, that has to get done that isn't always fun. It's not always rainbows and butterflies and going to restaurants and having big fancy dinners and celebrating success. Like, no, it's not, it's not, it's not about that. And, I tell people that a lot of people who are like thinking, especially now coronavirus, a lot of like restaurant people are thinking about starting a food business and they'll contact me and, and they'll, you know, they'll be like, Hey, like I want to start this thing. Or like, like, Hey, I have this product. I want to start selling it. And I just tell them like, dude, you have no idea what, you know, the mountain you're standing in front of and, and how, if you really want to do this, how shitty of a climb it's going to be, you know? And like, I, I'm, there's a huge, I, I don't know if it's because of movies or whatever the fuck TV. It's like there's this big romantic idea of what it is to start a business. And the truth is, is that you have to fucking grind all day and you have to get your hands dirty and you have to do shit you don't want to do. You know, and it's a lot of, a lot of people out there who are just like, yeah, bro, I'm just going to do this, 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 and then I'll be fucking, you know, I'll have a Maserati in a year. It's like, no, what the fuck are you talking about? You know what I mean? And like, yeah, there's some people who are... The How next- long did it take you to get your Maserati? <laughs> At this rate, probably another five to ten years. That, okay, there I'll we go. Answer the like, next yeah, question. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But see, that that kind of answer, isn't it almost better that your parents didn't say, oh, you know, cash flow could be a problem. Um, you know, like setting up your, your five-year plan, uh, getting loans, uh, this could... Po-. Like They were just like, oh, go for it. Go for it. So do you think that came out of wisdom of just like, better to go in naive... 400 miles an hour than to like plant hundred percent negative seeds. hundred percent. You know, um, a good friend of mine, Alex Massa, who, you know, I do. Yeah. He told me a couple, he told me a quote one time and I, I live by it now. He, <laughs> he said, he said in all his wisdom, he said to me, uh, j- jump off the cliff and build your plane on the way down, you know? And, and that's, that's what it is. It's like, really the only, the only way to do it. Cause yeah. there's no preparing for, for really for, for anything like you can come in as prepared as you can, but like something will happen on day three that will completely shift everything in another direction. Yeah. That's yeah. like, that's the way I learned. Yeah. Right. Because I, I didn't know anything about business. Dad passed away, took over the business. Yeah. I thought I knew, no, I knew kind of how to sell. Yeah. Cause I had oh, a few no, years I mean, on you could sell water to a well. Let's be real. No, I just like to make friends. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, fine. But you have the gift of Gab and we all like, well, we, we both do, right. but that's not definitely not enough to run a uh, no, profitable, no. uh, fucking empire. Yeah. 
And so you only learn when, when the bank calls you and it's like, yo, uh, this and this and that ain't looking so good. So uh, maybe we got to turn out the lights. And that's it's it. like, what? I didn't even know that existed. Like, that's a thing. That's yeah. a fucking thing. Yeah, we dude. grew our sales. Yeah. But our bottom line went down 20%. What? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah. Don't we sell more, make more? Like, that's how fucking stupid I was when I started. <laughs> I know. It's fucking insane. And, and yeah, there's, there's obviously a huge learning curve, especially when you get kind of handed a, a, a company, right? When your, your old man passed away, yeah. it was like you were next in line, right? And you were surrounded by people who knew the business, but ultimately it was like you were given this thing and you're like, yeah, I was 25, you, you baby. your brother and it was like, go for it, you know? Yeah. Which Too is cocky, insane. Cocky, uh, confident dudes, but fuck. I mean, the company at that point was was doing well right it was like it was an established business that was up and running it was established business it had a place in the market right um very competitive market yeah so i learned as we went that like the size and the market share that we had were stayed at a certain size because it it didn't impede on other markets and it was like strategic by my dad to be a certain size because it was like it was diminishing returns if we got too big right in the business model that we were in yeah i didn't understand that I said, we got to fucking grow at all costs. Yeah. And then when we started to impede on the bigger boys in the organ, in the, in the market, they, they were like, okay, you want to do that? We, we drop our, our, our price by 2%. You lose 19% of your business. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my wow. dad was a lot yeah, wiser than I thought he was. He was living in like was. a sweet spot. Yeah. He, he existed in a sweet spot, a niche. That That's was cool. And, and so I learned a whole bunch of things like this that made me realize the only way to substantially grow market share or to grow in this business, because I'm like you, I can't just stay. Yeah. Like if I'm here, I need to do something. I can't just be like ride off what, what existed before me. Right. Um, I was like, well, we have to run more efficiently for sure, because it was old school, you know, old school in, in the most beautiful way. I mean, yeah. And when you're running at that particular size, it's, it's fine. But if you want to grow or you want to develop new products or you want to find money to invest in new products that could potentially uh, evolve you into a greater player in the industry, you need to find the cash somewhere. Yeah. And so that pushed us to learn how to be more efficient and set up better production process and all that shit. But at the end of the day, it was like, no chance. Unless we're getting millions of millions of dollars to like rebuild our entire infrastructure, there's no point in us doing this. Did you like being in that position? Like, did you like being at the ba- in the basically more or less the driver's seat of that business like th- when did you realize that you're like oh, okay you know what like now we all know the company sold whatever yeah that like it wasn't gonna be your kind of oh, i'm gonna follow my old man's footsteps i'm gonna run this thing until i'm seven years old do you know what i mean like yeah. like you wanted to pursue other things and that's amazing that's kind of like what we were just talking about about fuck it i'm gonna do what i want to do and i'm really cool. but was it like a was it like a, a heavy decision for you to make and like to like come to terms with the fact that like you because your grandfather also like started in the garage door world. Yeah. Right? And then at one point you were like the guy who are you and your brother. You know, I'm speaking you're you, but yeah, yeah, of course, you know, my brother could, and I. your brother and your episode two drive with Dre. There you go. Um, was it like a heavy decision to like have to cut that? To like draw the land and the line in the sand and just be like we're st- we're no longer in the garage door business. It, or was it super easy? It wasn't emotional. Like I'm going to sound like a cold hard bastard, but it wasn't emotional at all. It was a completely data driven slash survival decision. Right. And it was like I had been investing 
even personally investing a lot of money to rebuild the infrastructure of the company. And we were going on and going on and we were ruffling a lot of, a lot of feathers within our own organization. Because when you change and you change too fast, you create conflict. Right. And I was, I had recently gotten sober. I was like a machine. I was disagreeable because I was too agreeable before. And I was making these things. So it's like a lot of things culminated at the same time. So we were pushing the envelope. Uh, key employees were getting really uh, fed up and scared because they didn't, they perceived me as being like irrational where I saw myself as purely logical. So it was, I, I totally empathized with, with their situation because they had to run their day to day. Right. They had to do their jobs. Right. And so doing that while completely changing everything they did, the way they entered orders, the way they did, was, it was a little chaotic. So after I had a, a few of these revelations, I realized that the changes that I wanted to make were not going to take two to three years. They were going to take 10 to 15 years. And what I was really doing was investing all this time and energy and money to be where our competition was five years ago. Yeah. So then I said, add another 15 years. Let's say 30 years. Okay. And I was just ballparking shit, but I was like, it's going to take 30 years to gain 5% market share. 30 years of my life. I was like 30 at the time or like 28. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, by the time I'm 60, I will have gained 3 to 5% market share in the garage door industry. Right. Uh, eons behind technologically were my competition that are doing billions a yeah. year. And that rationale just said, I think that, and to, to go back to your question of me being in the captain seat, I think the best thing for the company was for me to be outside the captain seat and for someone else who has more knowledge than I do, uh, who has more experience, more capital, probably an umbrella company to come in and grow this. Because me alone being like the fucking, the Goomba. Yeah was going to take forever if, if it even got there, you know, who knows. But if I stepped away, a mothership that could come in and wanted to acquire market share, let's say in this company, yeah. and they buy, they buy companies like us five to 10 of them a year. Like we're nothing That's to them. It. They just buy it strategically. So long story short, my 30 year plans can happen in two to three years under new ownership, new leadership. Right. Yeah. And when I made that decision, it's like, well, the company is actually going to be more secure without myself and my brother at the helm. Yeah. Purely, yeah. purely expertise, experience, cash. That's it. And, and it was like, this will actually give us freedom because we're, we're artistically inclined. Well, we have imaginations and that's what helped us in this company, but also hurt us because we tried to move too fast. We saw too far forward without dealing with today. And uh, as soon as we made that decision, or as soon as I crunched those numbers, we got a phone call like the same week. My brother got a phone call by some guy in Italy. And Trying said, to sell him a Ferrari? <laughs> no, he said, uh, know, we're interested in your up. company. <laughs> yeah, which is And it was kind of like, and right at that point, my, I, I was extremely driven to build something. Extremely. But as soon as I saw those, those numbers and understood that it was going to take way too long. And, and I wasn't, it was, it was very stressful. It's yeah. not like this was like, making music in the studio 20 hours a day. This was like a struggle, very small margins. Like, you know, what you see on the outside is not what you see. I know a thing or two of us. You know, like, you know, you, I'm sure you understand as an entrepreneur, what people see and what the reality is are two different things. Exactly. And, uh, and we were dealing with a, a cool, like legacy and a cool optics, but what's going on behind it was like, 
It was very thin, very fucking thin. So that was a tremendous stress on, and I was carrying that burden, my brother and I. And as soon as the, the, the thought came into mind where it's like, we can actually sell now. Sure, it's not what we thought that we right. could get like 10 years from now, but this gives us some freedom. Yeah. It gives us some runway for a few years to like try things and maybe invest in things and just go ham. And hopefully, I think we're smart enough within those two, three years to make something new before it all fucking falls apart. <laughs> exactly. But that was taking a leap. That was like taking a risk. That's it. Um, unpopular to the people who didn't understand all the, the data. Right. But long story short, no, it was not an emotional decision at all. It was a, a very practical, um, data-driven realistic one and i knew cool. that the company would actually be better off yeah and, and and you know again we don't have to get too into this but it, but it is very interesting um the change like that happened from you know the miche from like to, you know that era or pre that era when it was like parties fancy cars all that to like fast forward and it was like sober prius. driving a fucking prius uh you know it, and I mean, it must have been a huge kind of, I don't know, like a, like a, like a, like a rebirth, you know, of, of, of you and, and your image, Every, you know, everyone knew you and your brother as a certain way. And then, and then, you know, fast forward five years to now, it's like, it's, it's different. It's completely different. And it, and it, it was crazy. And it's, it's very commendable that you like got out of that kind of, I mean, that lifestyle. We had no choice. That lifestyle that. I mean, we're that fucking lifestyle die. was fucking out of control. Yeah, we were we were there side by yeah, side. Yeah, well, know? I wasn't full time. I wasn't a okay, full time. Yeah, like, I, I was full time, I guess. Yeah, and it was part of my job too because I was on the road. I was selling. I was drinking it every night, pretty yeah. much yeah. for years. Yeah, yeah, no, and that was it was peripheral. <laughs> it was like I would come in, you know, on a Friday and then leave on a Sunday. Yeah, it it's like just... you'd catch the wave <laughs> coming. You say, "Yeah, I'm going to surf that one." <laughs> yeah, me and my brother. <gasps> Coming out on the other side, like, what the fuck just happened, you know? But around that time, I had a conversation with your brother. And I think it was outside the restaurant, Elena, maybe? No, not Elena. Um, another uh, old school Italian looking one. Uh, Nora Gray. Nora Gray. Yeah. And we're outside of there, and he had recently uh, started dabbling with sobriety. Yeah, which he's still now like fucking a thousand days. It was like two weeks ago or something. Congratulations, A thousand days silver. Can you believe it? I love it. Yeah, I shout out it. to Nick Rose. And we were having a conversation that what we do in life is, uh, is how do I say it, is a representation of our inner being. Like what we do or how we show ourselves or what, whatever it was, what I got from it was if, I'm, if I want to build a great company and I want to um, create impactful change, I can't be fucking hungover. I can't be sloppy. No. I can't be wasting money on fucking fancy cars. I can't be doing any of that shit. And none of which was reducing any of my stress. None of which was making me happy. None of which was making a good example. Yeah. Sure, like that's what everyone did before me, but it doesn't mean I had to do that. And I was starting to get fed up with my lifestyle. I was starting to feel sick. I was feeling like shit. Like I didn't stop partying because I was like, I had the power of God within me. And I'm like, I'm going to stop. I was feeling like shit. I yeah. felt horrible. It was not fun anymore. So I was like, it was the perfect opportunity. Like I said, it was like the perfect storm to just cut that shit out. And once I cut something out, same as the business, it's like, as soon as I get enough data, I'm like, off, off, finished. Yeah. And so that's what I did. I sold the shit I didn't need. I didn't need any stress. I, I just said, I'm going to lead by example. I'm going to 
shave my head and not have this thinning piece of shit rug on my head that I have to fucking hairspray like a fucking asshole. I was like, I'm done. Shaved my head, yeah. gotten shaved. It's crazy. Stop drinking. And I, I'm- I wish we could go to like, you know, 2005 Mish and, and show, show him a picture of this, of like what I'm staring at right now, which is like you bald, yeah. drinking water in front of this time travel, time travelers, <laughs> the Galactic Federation. You know, it's like, it's fucking crazy. And again, it's just you doing you. And, and I think that's, that's, you know, I give, I always give props where they're due. And like, you've always been, especially in the last, you know, five years, like extremely a very real individual, you know, you are clearly marching to the beat of your own drum. It's pretty fucking cool. <laughs> uh, yes. And I feel like I, I was always real. I was just real drunk too. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And so I don't, I don't think like I innately changed all that much. I just uh, cleared some unnecessary things away. And, uh, and you know what it is. Like when you have a, when you have a clearer mind, there's less voices in your head less diminishing thoughts. And that, that's been a, like, I can, I can wear a time travel outfit and, and say I'm part of the galactic federation of time travelers. Uh, because like you have to be honestly of clear mind to take this kind of like risk, let's say. Yeah. Right? And we kind of spoke about this before, before we started recording the podcast, but what I see you doing right now is absolutely 100% performance art. You are living this whole thing it's not just about you making music. It has nothing to do with that, which you've, you know, you've done music. Yeah. This is like a whole other thing. You, you know, I, I said this before and I'm repeating <laughs> myself. You're wearing a fucking uniform. Yeah, you know man. what I mean? You got to wear a That's uniform. That's performance art and I love it. I yeah. think it's crazy. I, and, and I think, and you know what I will, I will ask this of you is, you know, as someone who is watching from the peripherals of this whole movement that's going on, like I, I want to know more. I want to know more about the this whole time travelers thing, and and I, you know we don't have to go too too deep, but, give but that's me, what we're here to give, do. Give, give give it to me. Like I need to. You, you've you've broken it down for me before. Yeah. When, when I think when the whole thing started, you kind of gave me like an elevator pitch real quick, and I thought it was intriguing. But now you've I mean you've stepped it up to the next level. You've you're you're kind of chips are all on the table. And you're like let's fucking go, which I love. So. I guess the question is, uh, I'm not trying to interview you here, but what the fuck is going on? <laughs> all right, <laughs> you know so what, I mean? what the fuck is going on? Well, the answer is, first of all, I don't really know. Okay, so let's just put that out there. <laughs> based on, I mean, based on, the, yeah. on data and you know marketing books yeah, yeah. that we've shared yeah. and uh, a lot of case studies, I realized that I want to give my music a push. Like I want to give it all that I can right. before I say, you know what? Because I, I want to make a living doing this. Yeah. I want to go on tour. I want to play. I want to make a mark. You know, that's what I want to do. And a lot of the marketing books that I read, like about branding, was about like, take who you are and put it out there. Put it out there so that 80% of people are immediately turned off by it. Right. Do that in, so that, because if you appease everyone, you are nothing. Right? You're, you're, just, you're just a, a snowflake. You're... you're you're dust in the wind. Yeah. You're pissing in the pond and expecting something to turn green. No <laughs> pun intended. But I, I love making music and I, I want to do it, like I said. And I love, um, I, love, I love sci-fi. I love philosophy. I love all these things. I love all these aspects of my personality um, and all these passions that I have. But 
not until recently that I decide, decide to put them all together because yeah. music is in my in my mind like a, a commodity. Everyone consumes music, and music is the differentiator in the music is not necessarily music; it's the voice or it's the image of the music, right? Like when I look at bands like Oasis, I don't see them any different. Well, this is going to cause controversy, but in certain aspects, Cardi B and Oasis. To me, what are the common denominators there? Both in their heyday, she's still in her heyday, are able to make tremendous headlines. Right. The personalities are what shine, shine or shone through. Sean. Who the fuck says Sean? Who through? says Sean? Yeah. They shined. It's, it's the personalities, it's the image. Then I look back at the Beatles. Their haircuts. They had these haircuts. They were those were like antichrist haircuts back in the early '60s. Then I look at at you know I look at um, bands like Iron Maiden, and I look at Metallica, and you, you start to see something happening. You look at Kiss, and these guys were just making run of the mill like top forty rock music. But what made them pop through is they created a world. They created this Comic Con like fan engagement and obsession because yeah. they created an immersive world that people could belong to they're part of this secret club yeah it's not, more it's than not, music it's not it's for a product a, yes exactly like so it's like the galactic federation of time travel is really the brand time travel is the brand music is is a vertical of that brand it's like nike just do it but they have shoes and they have they have all kinds of they have socks they have all kinds of different things but and Lululemon, we talk about all the time. Why can they sell leggings that expensive? And why are they that expensive? Well, they put so much into their community. They put so much into the like the yoga and the train. Even you go to Fairview, they that's local shopping center. Shout out Point <laughs> shout Claire. Out Fairview. Point Claire, shout out. It's it's really about building something more than the product alone. Because if you have a product alone, and I learned this from my past business, if you have a product alone and you have no brand, you are subject to uh, commodity pricing. You're, you are just competing with everyone else and the best price wins. Yeah. That's why the focus on building a brand is what, first of all, cuts you through. There's less competition. If you look at 10 rock and rollers and nine out of 10 are wearing flannel shirts and jean jackets and one of them is wearing a spacesuit, <laughs> I guarantee you the one in the spacesuit is going to pop through more. And, and I'm crazy enough to do it. I love it. I tie in my, like my philosophies of life not to be taken too seriously. Obviously, this yeah. is not a cult, no. as like uh, some haters might say. Yeah, it's it's just like it's no different than Kiss. It's no different than like uh, Slipknot, like the Grateful Dead, man. It's like exactly dead like the Grateful Dead. Yeah. A slow, steady burn. I want to make music for the rest of my life, and I want to go on tour and play for people who want to see me. Right. And I can only do that if I really commit to building a universe and environment that that builds a fun insane um world for them to be part of you know yeah. it's, it's escapism uh this podcast is just another another vessel of that right because i can't be really building a rapport with people um just through like future predictions that are that like it's, it's a hard barrier right so that's an aspect of it but like long-form conversation and learning like so much from podcasts over the years and lord rogan because in the year 2248 I mean, lord rogan is uh, one of the uh, he's the commander one in of chief the, one of the elders but he showed me that he's a stand-up comedian but his podcast do you think has helped him fill stadiums oh 
I mean, didn't hurt. I mean, didn't hurt him at all. Didn't hurt. So the unsexy part of this is I see it also as a funnel because I have to make a living. I have to make this. I have other ventures that go on a lot unsexier in the background, but this is the one that I love. And for this to be viable by itself, I need to create a sales funnel. And how can I create that sales funnel? Well, if I'm doing this podcast, I'm putting out this content, not everyone's going to like my music, but at least I will have an audience who gives some kind of shit about me who is be willing to try it. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm comfortable enough in my music and my skin and that I think that I'll be able to convert a small amount of them to be music fans. Yeah. And I think your product, it's great because it's not like a snake oil situation where you're, you're just promising some sort of bullshit and you're not delivering your, your music's good. You know what I mean? Yeah, your thanks, product man. is great. Thanks man. So it's fucking, it's, it's, it's a win-win and you're just kind of casting your net as wide as possible exactly so like whether it's you know the gallagher brothers or cardi b or slipknot or lady gaga you know lady gaga's got the the little monsters slipknot's got the maggots i don't know if you knew that no, one. i didn't know that um misho's got the uh the, the time, time travelers, travelers. and it, it's just it's just a fun little community and i i always say i'm like i can't wait for like a few years from now um someone tells me that they were in amsterdam or something and uh, they're at a coffee shop and someone sends them a coffee because they have like a sticker, a time travel sticker on their laptop. And they say, oh, it's on the Federation. <laughs> you know, it's like a, a, just a good vibe, paying it forward yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, I love that. And, and yeah, like Rogan started his podcast just to have conversations. It's, it's not like he had this grand master plan. Yeah. It brought him no money. Most people made fun of him when he started it. Right. Even five years but ago. You know, you know, the real OG, Tom Green. And remember what he was doing in his living room? And he had, he actually had Rogan on and Rogan was like, what the fuck is this? He may have birthed Rogan. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's kind of what happened. I, I'm not surprised. I, I, I don't, don't, Tom Green in and of his, you know, in his, of his, in his own right, excuse me, was, you know, broadcasting on the internet from his living room in the fucking like nineties, some shit. Yeah. And it was crazy. And then. Yeah. He did it his way, which was kind of chaotic and, uh, you know, very Tom Green. And then Rogan obviously was like, this is the future. And he perfected it. And now he's the podcast lord. Yeah. And Rogan understood. Um, he understood the concept of being independent. Because, first of all, he, he owns his stuff. He can get his own sponsors. He's not tied to a major network. They don't have to cut up what he says. There's a massive freedom there. Yeah, uh, It's almost an uncancelable thing when you are you're not owned by a corporation. Because why do, why do people get canceled? They get canceled because someone did something and they're attached to a, a, a greater brand that can't be associated exactly. and therefore unhirable. Right. But if you create your own ecosystem, like Joey Diaz, you know what I mean? Yeah. Joey Diaz says whatever the fuck he wants and, and it's all good because that's his brand. And that's why a lot of stand-up comedians are, have created their own, their own worlds out of it. But back to Tom Green... I just think he was way too ahead of his time. Like he created the, like the technology before the world was ready for it. Yeah, that's it. And, and Rogan was just, he stuck it out. Like Rogan has said that he had like years of like a hundred fit, maybe not that low, but I'm exaggerating. I'm speaking in uh, hyperbole. Yeah, yeah. Years of like 500 views. But what's most inspiring about him is it was his consistency is that wasn't everything that he did. It was a component of what he did. Like it allowed him to network and I think that's that's going to help me a lot because I I don't typically reach out. I love having conversations, but this is giving me an avenue to reach out and to talk to people I wouldn't necessarily talk to. Like yeah. I would talk to you obviously, but 
You got to get my brother on here, man. I'm definitely going to get him. I, I, I mean, tried to book I, him. Yeah. You're, you're, I also booked Uncle Bob. Come on. I swear. Is he coming in? Yeah. Uh, oh. no, uh, the, the second. The second he's coming in. That's crazy. Yeah, Uncle Bob. That's going to be crazy. Yeah, I text him every two weeks. Are you alive? Yeah. And what is I mean, he's still answering? He always sends me an insane picture. Like uh, he's getting some kind of like... Uh, intravenous shit or his teeth are missing or like yeah he he his body i mean he put sober his shout body, out sober coach yeah yeah shout out sober <laughs> coach um he put his body through the fucking ringer man and uh you know he looks great for a guy who's put his body through the ringer um you know he's tanned as hell and he's got lovely silver hair but uh but yeah you know he's got his nose he got it, what he refers to as a cocaine nose job, where his nose is all fucked up, his teeth are all fucked up. But you know, he gets. But he's blind. changed his ways big time. I mean, he's, he's sober a coach. He's got he's, a lot of people sober. He's been sober for fucking, I, I think, something insane, like over fifteen years. Yeah, he's gonna give me shit because I don't know the exact amount of time. But no, he love that we're talking. But about. I mean, I can't wait that he's going to be uh, on. It's, here. Yeah, it's gonna be on. I need to have him because he's such a personality. He's such a character. He needs. He needs his own podcast too. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. He's got to get a podcast. I mean, he would maybe say some crazy shit though. Well, that's like, why I want to have like, him on. Like really out of control stuff. Yeah, yeah. I like mean, we're we're the di- you're the Diet Pepsi version of him. Yeah, you know, like you call yourself Diet Punk. Yeah, you're the Smoke Show brand Diet Punk. That's it. I I'm really diet compared to my uncle. My uncle's crazy. I'm yeah, like the diet version of my brother. You know, you get my you you my brother man. You guys are gonna go off on some UFO shit and it's gonna be crazy. I love that. It's it's gonna be a lot of fun to listen to. Yeah, and uh, but your your uncle your uncle Bob is, is a wild cat, and he left a very str- like stressful world of like drugs and craziness and madness. But he ventured off into a world of sobriety, but that was equally as stressful. So I can't wait to talk about this with him. He's on the he's on the phone all the time. He's like they people wake him up at like two a.m. Yeah, he has to fly across the world all it's, the time. I'd say it's almost more stressful, man. The guy is fucking working a million hours a week. He is doing, uh, you know, interventions for the rich and famous. A lot of these people are like hardcore, like business CEO guys who like need results, 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 and, and like Bob's there and he he delivers. And he delivers this in his own kind of fucked up way, but he gets the job done, you know. And uh, yeah, I think you're you're in for a, yeah an, a, a wicked conversation. But you see the imp- like he's innately doing like it's not like he read a branding book of how to be yourself. But essentially, it comes down to if you're yourself boldly, you're gonna cut through the noise. Because how many like sober coaches or like uh, I don't know psychologists or therapists are out there? Why does he cut through? He's the he's the most rogue. He doesn't give a fuck who he offends. I'm sure people want to punch him in the face all the all, time. All the time. I mean, he, he, people in within the industry, regardless of how many lives he saved. And like the amount of people that have said to me, like, your uncle saved my life. Your uncle saved my life. Like I went to, when I was in Miami with him, I went to uh, an AA meeting. Like he was just going and he's like, you want to come with? I was like, fuck yeah, let's go. So we go and, and everyone there was super like, hey, Bob, how are you? And then they come up to me and they're like, yeah, your uncle, he saved my life. He got me out of the shitter. I was fucking on crack on whatever. And he like really saving but then there's other people in the same world that are like he's a fraud he doesn't follow the 12 steps blah 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 because like there's a very spiritual side to sobriety and that like god will help you get sober and bob has a saying that you know god didn't do this for me i did this for me 
which creates a lot of kind of controversy in 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 that world but whatever he'll tell you more about it when the he's truth gone. is what you believe it is that's right? it and he's just got his own brand he's he's got his own kind of personality he sticks to his guns he never double he never questions himself and he just goes for it full fucking blast and it, in return he's one of the most sought after fucking sobriety coaches in north america he does uh his claim to fame i mean what put him on the map was when he after interviewing eight sobriety coaches uh the late uh and uh, rob ford mayor of toronto uh who was untreatable you know after a long day of interviewing people they call uncle bob into the room and bob just fucking laced into him and said you're a fat piece of shit and you have a problem and i'm gonna get you sober blah 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 and uh there's a certain kind of uh honesty and like genuineness to to my uncle bob and, and i think a lot of people see that and he's hard as nails so all those create you know he he yields great results when it comes to that stuff but he goes like much like you to the beat of his own drum you know yeah and i really think it's 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 commendable it's it's brave he doesn't care who he offends and like i said if you try to be cool not be cool but try to appease the masses you you are nothing right because it's not even innately yourself no if if, if we live in a world where it's like it's kind of scary. You can't appease everyone. There's not one person on this planet that everyone likes. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you can't try and Even make... Coca-Cola has yeah. half the market. Yeah, exactly. Okay? Exactly. You know what I mean? You can't go out there and try and convince everyone to like you. You're fucked if you do that. You know? Exactly. And so back to Tom Green now. Right. Uh, and so are we? Are you Are you covering your face there? No. No, no, you're good? No, no, a little Look bit. Because like, right. I'm looking for the screenshot after. I want to make sure you're pretty face yeah, and no, covered. Yeah, I think we're good. Okay, great. I think we're good. So, yeah, Tom Green, I feel like, was just like a savant, always way ahead of his time. Like, like he had the product before the, the, it's like, let's say the iPad came out in 1985. Yeah. That's Tom Green. Like, he, he created Jackass. <laughs> For like a million bucks. Like, no one could buy it. You know what I mean? It was like, yeah. oh, the iPad's out, it's a million dollars, and yeah. it's sold by Tom Green. Well, no one would buy it, and no one would understand what it was, and that, was, that would be the end of it. And he did, he, like, Jackass pretty much ripped him off from what I understand as well. Like Jackass was doing a lot of the old school Tom Green stunts. Yeah, Jackass uh, was, and I've done my research on Jackass. They played a big part of my life growing up. But also Pantera home videos were huge, uh, huge inspiration for Jackass. Have you ever watched those? You introduced me to them. So you have You and your brother. We watched them together. Right, yeah. Um, We watched them together with uh, some special cookies, I think. (laughs) Yeah. That sounds right. yeah that all that stuff i think tom green was inspirational for them they're like buds there was like bullshit when when jackass came out people were like oh they're just ripping off tom green but no like i don't know jackass was just yeah like skateboarding world and doing like you know flipping a flipping a porto potty upside down and being covered in feces like i don't know yeah and it's not it's not easy to say oh they just ripped it off it's 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 like saying that uh, someone else in the '90s could have sang "Wonderwall" and they would have right. been as successful. Right. There are so many factors at play that we are completely unaware of that we'll never be aware of. It's like for something to hit and explode, it has to. There has to be some kind of magic. Um, uh, what are they? Goldilocks moment, Goldilocks yeah. zone that, yeah. that happens. So, like, even with like my music and the the podcast, and the, I can read all the marketing books I want, but. I don't, I don't, I don't really know. All I know is that will I enjoy having conversations with people? That's it. Yeah. Will I be consistent? Yes. Um, do I love to make music? Yeah. Okay, perfect. So I'll just keep doing them. And if, and if some super highway comes great. And if not, 
hopefully I can just make this an independent thing. And maybe the podcast is all that ever happens. Who cares? As, as long yeah. as it allows me to do what I love to do. Exactly. And just go for it. You know, yeah. foot on the gas, always. Foot on the gas. So Jackass, who was your favorite character? Oh, fuck. Ryan Dunn. Ryan Dunn, may he rest in peace, was always. Spoke to you. Yeah, he was always the guy who just stepped up and was like, when no <laughs> one when up. when no one wanted to fucking do a stunt or whatever, they'd all be like, Ryan, man, you got to do it. And he'd be like, fuck, all right. And he would get up and do it. You know, so he was like the guy. And and I, I thought he was fucking hilarious. And, and he was, I mean, they're all super genuine. And I think that's part of why, you know, it was so successful was because you were watching these guys. It's like you're watching their home videos, you know? That's all it was. There's no production value. There's no script, nothing. There's just like these genuine maniac friends who are just doing a bunch of bullshit together. And they were, they were really warm souls. I never really thought about it like that. But I, like there was a camaraderie, there was a team. Whereas let's say Tom Green was alone. And I don't think like to us punk kids, maybe he was like really hilarious, but was he really likable likable no no i don't I don't think he was and like he was doing like i i, I could be wrong but i'm pretty sure that tom green no I, i'm his biggest fan I right right but i think he, like the guy was so out of his fucking mind like i, I i'm pretty sure and I, I hope i'm not wrong but that he went to uh he went to a kid's bar mitzvah dressed as adolf hitler or like in like in like an ss uniform something along those lines like that's insane Whereas, you know, jackass guys were putting dinky cars up their ass and like going to get x-rays, you know, and like they were doing, you know, stuff like that. That was maybe a little bit, there was, they were only fucking themselves up. No one kind of, no one else. Other than Bam, who was fucking with his parents big time. Right. Which, which was directly like what Tom Green was doing to his parents. Right. And that's actually something you ought to speak to my uncle about was when he got Bam sober or tried to, you know, that was like a, that's a, he, he, he got close. I, can we even talk about that? I don't know. Maybe we'll cut it out. Speak to Bob. But, no, we were not but, cutting anything out. But like, but like, yeah, I mean, uh, that was a thing. I mean, it's no, no secret that fucking oh, no, Bam no. tried to get sober. No, I remember, my, no, I don't think it's Pro- a big deal. Uh, Brand, Nothing's a big deal. Yeah, Steve-O, Brandon Novak, all these guys are like tight with my uncle through, I don't know how the fuck, but uh, but yeah, no, the Bam, uh, yeah, Bam also crazy bastard again i'm speaking like i know these guys but i watched so much of it growing up well we grew up with them man viva la bam bam was like uh the i guess the standout like the the guy who broke out like he was yeah he got the rest of the crew on mtv uh viva la bam and uh he really like pushed uh you know that whole product to like until he was nothing left of that man. Like he was just a broken human who's a complete alcoholic drug addict disaster. You know? He was always putting on the show. I guess he couldn't turn it off. Right. Who knows? It's obviously more complex than that. I'm not yeah. going to pretend to understand, but he brought a lot of joy to a lot of people for a very long time. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. I was a Knoxville fan. Knoxville was the was amazing. Knoxville was, it's just like. Witty as anything. Yeah. And, and so self-deprecating. Like, didn't ever seem excited to do anything. Hey, this is Johnny Knoxville, and this is the mudslide, or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah. And he was just like, he would never say no to anything like done. He would always just do it. And and he, he carried it. He was like the face. He was like the president of that organization. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. He was like, he was a front man, you know? Yeah. And uh, I remember, re- like, I always loved Knoxville, but then I remember when the second movie came out. <laughs> They were all like kind of getting older and 
you can see it that they were like weren't at the like the first movie they were kind of doing crazy shit but not that crazy and then when the second movie came out i might have been the third movie i i'm not i'm not too sure but knoxville just stepped it up and he was like doing by far the the craziest shit that out of any of them and like you can see that he believed in jackass so much and he didn't want his legacy to die of him like being like scared to do shit so he just like went so fucking hard didn't he have a catheter in him for like two years yeah or he tried to his first time ever on a dirt bike he tried to backflip it <laughs> and the, the the dirt bike literally was landed on his dick and broke his dick and he had a catheter he was like on letterman he's such a legend he was like on letterman with a catheter in his in his dick he's like, it's just kind of and he seems like such a, like a quiet introspective kind of guy you know like he, he seems like a family man i saw him out in la some with his family yeah he's like fuck that's johnny knoxville. fuck that's cool man that's fucking johnny knoxville and he's with his family and he's just going about his business he's a very private guy but he he gives it all in yeah. his in his passions yeah that's it and like i wouldn't fanboy about a lot of guys and i remember like when ryan dunn died he died i think right around the time michael jackson died and i was like I didn't give a like not to be insensitive. I didn't give a fuck. Michael Jackson was dead. Like I didn't like listen to much of it. I was so sad when Ryan Dunn when I found out that he was dead. I felt like a brother had died. Yeah, you know? I, I felt the same thing. Yeah, and I, I remember my brother saying like, "Dude, like I can tell you're like upset about this." You know, he like tried like tried to comfort me about it. Like I was like fucked up, man. I I really I, again never met these guys. I did Facetime with Bam real quick once when you know he was talking to my with my uncle, but. Um. Other than that, but you felt it. I, I mean, yeah, I I felt it. Like like like, there was a piece of me missing. Well, a, a piece of my like like childhood was yeah. gone. And how like because you spent so many years with that person, right? Yeah. Like through the TV, you you formed this relationship, exactly. kind of like what we're doing now. Exactly. And trying to, and I felt the same way when uh, and I was out for dinner i think with you with me when uh when paul paul walker, <laughs> walker died. that yeah, fucking we, hit me hard yeah, and my we brother were, i don't know if you felt the same way i don't know if it was as as you know ryan dunn but for me it was i remember we were at dinner that's so funny you bring that up where yeah, were we at? We were at liverpool house liverpool house and we we're having dinner and, we, and i remember i remember your order what you ordered for dinner that night you ordered a horse steak and and horse dump, steak yeah they had horse and you were having horse steak and whiskey and that's all you had you didn't have a vegetable you just had a lot of whiskey and horse nice and i remember thinking that that was really hardcore and, <laughs> i was pretty hardcore and uh, and then yeah we got the news that that paul walker died and if i'm not mistaken i think after we got the news we had maybe 20 shots in his honor throughout the course of that night yeah and your and your uncle said that we were a bunch of pussies <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Said, I think he said we're a bunch of pussies. Yeah, um, something. Was, was that the night with the frozen turkey? No. Do you remember that night? No, I couldn't. I think it was. I think it oh, was. That was that an night. insane night. That was a crazy night. I mean, that, that was like a. That was like a. Uh, what's his name? Seth Rogen. That was like a Seth Rogen type black humor holiday movie. No, it wasn't that vibe. night because that night Brandon Harar. I think that was a few years later. Brandon Harar ended up with us that night but also we were at liverpool house you were you were having dinner i think with you had your little crew me and my brother were there and we we joined forces we joined forces and then we ended up going we got we got shit face i mean i, I mean i'll this say was, real this quick. was like what 2012 2013 maybe yeah yes i think so because like after after my after my dad passed away because there's no way i could have gone on with that tomfoolery if he was alive 
That, no, like, I, no, your old your old man had passed away. Yeah. Well, yeah, because we ended up at the fucking cemetery. Of course we did. And it, and it was your grandfather's birth. Okay, so I'm going to tell the story. It was real December quick. 21st, dude. It, it probably was, 2012. Yes, yes, yes. So we're at Liverpool House. We're getting fucked up, and and we decide to continue doing so long after dinner. And we walk in across the street from Liverpool House. There's a bar called Burgundy Line. We walk into Burgundy Line at quarter to three in the morning. Last call is at 3 a.m. And we walk up to the manager and we say, can we get a bottle of Jameson? It was you, me, my brother and Brandon. And we say, hey, can we get a bottle of Jameson and four shot glasses? And the guy says to me, Dave, the bar's closing in 15 minutes. I'm not going to serve you a bottle of Jameson. It's just going to go to waste. You can't leave with it at three. And we said, give us the fucking bottle of Jameson. About 10 minutes later... We bring him back the empty bottle of Jameson. We polished it off like it was our fucking job. I, I'm pretty sure we had help from the surroundings. Pr- pr- probably. I think we were giving out some yeah, as well. Yeah, but, yeah. but we, we did a good gone. job on it. He was surprised that we brought it back in. <laughs> and he was like the bartender at, at uh, right. Burgundy Lion. Okay, hold so on. I'm glad we impressed I'm, him. I'm forgetting a huge part of the story. The turkey. The turkey. Rocco Matias. Shout out to Rocco. Shout Delibus. out. He was... Uh, <laughs> We were having dinner with him that night at Liverpool House. And in classic Rocco fashion, he wasn't able to make it to my parents' Christmas party that year. So as a sort of apology gift, he brought a fucking 20-pound frozen turkey into this restaurant and dropped it on the table and was like, here, give this to your parents when you get like, when you see them next. Holy shit. They're like, Rocco, what the fuck are we supposed to do with a frozen turkey? So we had it there at the restaurant. Then we go to bring the line. We bring the turkey with us. We demolished that bottle of jameson where do we put the turkey at it was just on the bench it was like on the this the, oh the, it wasn't in a freezer or something no no it was just out i mean the thing was rock hard the thing was frozen you know it was it had a good 10 hours in it yeah yeah so we left it on on like one of the banquettes and then we end up i remember being in the bathroom with you and, and you're just like we're staying in a fucking hotel tonight dave like we're staying in a room like we're, we're getting a goddamn sweet you're just really fired up <laughs> We end up finishing the bottle of Jameson. We go to the Queen, the Queenie, I think, the Queen Elizabeth Hotel. Yeah. And we, we, we get a room. You, <laughs> I don't know if you remember this. We we're walking through the lobby of the hotel, the four of us, and we were telling everyone that we were the Beatles. <laughs> and then, and then um, again, this, 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 like, this the, the reason I'm telling this, this is amazing. Just, this is I just, fucking love like, it. Like, this is, you know, probably 10 years ago, and it's just a you know the change in both of us you know it's worth noting but um we and you walk up to the lady at the you walk up to the the lady at the fucking whatever at the reception at the reception thank you and you're like i want the biggest room you have she's like what do you mean you're like i want the fucking biggest room in this hotel she's like well it's a suite but i have to call suite services you're like call whoever i want the biggest room she calls whoever she comes back and she's like she's like okay uh, one night in this hotel room is four thousand dollars. Like, you're like, hold on. Need to do some calculations. Yeah, do some quick. You're like, what's your second biggest room? She's like, hold on. She goes on her computer. She goes, okay, second, our second nicest room is two hundred and eighty dollars for the night. You're like, okay, we'll take that. Sold. One. Sold. <laughs> at least I was still reasonable. Right. Right. So we ended up at this point realizing we'd forgot the turkey at bringing the line. So I made a call. It's luckily like the fucking dishwasher answers. Like what it was, you know, four in the morning. We're like, there's a turkey in your restaurant. Please Back in put, the days where they would still answer at that. Yeah. Time. Yeah. Please put it in the freezer. We'll come get it in the morning. So we get up to the uh, hotel room. Uh, I, a lot of like Greco Roman wrestling broke out. <laughs> 
uh, classic. The mini bar was raided within minutes. Um, we then woke up after maybe an hour of sleep and oh, hightailed it to get the turkey at Burgundy Lion. We walked in and they were getting ready for brunch. And the manager goes, oh, you guys are the guys who forgot the turkey. I have to give you this from the manager from last night. We're like, what the fuck? And she poured us like 12 shots of Jameson. So we took more Jameson. We needed it. We needed it at that point. And we drove Brandon home to Ridgewood and we were right near the cemetery. And it was your grandfather's birthday, which is what, 21st? December 21st, yeah. So you're like, boys, we got to go to the cemetery. Going to go pay respects to your old man and to his old man. So we show up there with the bottle. There is a bottle as per usual. I wonder if it's still there, the bottle of Johnny Walker. No, Black there's Bible. no more Johnny Walker bottles there. So so at at your father's grave, there was always a bottle of Johnny Walker yes. hidden in the bush with, uh, with some fucking shot glasses. So we show up there. We start pouring out shot glasses. <laughs> Uh, you know, shout out to Johnny Walker. We're drinking them, whatever. Pouring it on the... Pouring it on, on Georgie's grave. Yeah. And then uh, and then your grandmother shows up to pay her respects to her late husband. On his birthday. On his birthday. So your grandmother's there. We're all hugging. She pulls out crystal shot glasses that she had brought. She with brought probably Metaxa. Metaxa, exactly. Greek cognac yeah. or whatever the fuck. Five star. But yeah. So we start drinking that. Then... We get back in the car. We were, let's just say the uh, fire was lit. Yeah, yeah. I, someone was driving. We ended up driving to... Um, McCannon. No, we made one more stop where we had a, we stole something. Do you remember what we stole? A grocery cart. We, <laughs> yeah. You're like, well, let's get boys at, at the at the office, your whole office. Let's go get them beer. Oh, so it was we the bought, office Christmas party, like, like in the like warehouse. We 400 Labatt 50 beers. Yes, and we went to Super C, and then as we were wheeling it out in the golf cart, you were basically like, Dave, we have to steal a shopping cart. It's in mint condition. Because uh, we use them the in the one, warehouse. The one at the warehouse is all fucked up. This is a nice yellow one, because Super C has a yellow oh, shopping cart. So I was like, at this point, I would have robbed a bank. We were so <laughs> fucked up. I was like, all right, sure. We put it in the car. And uh, the trunk, I drove a CRV that had like a, a trunk that opened oh, from left to right. So the trunk was wide now. open. We were driving back to the office with the trunk wide open, a shopping cart in it, like a, a hundreds and hundreds of beers. And we were driving down St. <laughs> Regis Street oh, and, fuck. and we're blaring uh, probably Pantera Metallica or something my brother had put on. And don't there's you, a stop sign coming Don't you up. even look at and it. And you, you're like, you see that fucking stop sign, Dave? <laughs> Don't fucking look at it. Just keep driving. And we just ripped it down the street. The whole thing, I, I don't condone this type of behavior, but it was just a kind of magical moment. That It was an innocent time. It was an innocent time. We got there, we, you know, we fed and drank your staff. And um, we had a great but, time. But it was all of this that, you know, brings us here today. That I wouldn't change that for the world. These were crazy, crazy times. Um, we, we got to Turkey. Um, you know, my mom got her gift from Rocco and beautiful, everyone, beautiful and, and we paid respect to your father and his father Yeah, and your grandmother was there and you know, everyone was, everyone was happy. And we got the second best hotel room. Yeah. And the second best hotel room and then the best shopping cart. And so. the, and the bet that's like a win. And we, we, we got out of there pretty much unscathed. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd say so, man. What a, what a fucking night that was. That was, that was old school that was crazy that was like the stories that we hear like our dads talking about yeah you know? and I'm, exactly it's almost too goofy to be true i worry that our kids you want to have kids uh, i don't know why not i don't know man 
I know you know. Uh, uh, why? You, uh, no, like, yeah, you've thought about it. You must have thought. Well, I, I was having this so. conversation with my mom this morning. Really? Who puts no pressure on having kids. I, and I'm just like, I don't know. Like, I feel bad for them if I have them. Like, I feel bad for the kids. Why? I don't know. I feel like... Uh, because why? Because our, our world's too fucked up? No, 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 okay, no, because okay, okay. they have to deal could. with me. Oh, no, you're great. <laughs> You'd be a great dad. I guess. I, I don't know. I also know that um, I've changed or evolved so many times that I say no to nothing. Just at this current junction. Juncture? Juncture. I don't know. Whatever. Um, I don't see myself having kids now. Now. But... The idea of having a little kid irritates me. But come on. Really? Yeah, like my brother's like, yeah, I'd like to have some kids. Trin's like, yeah, I'd like to have some kids. You for sure want some kids. I want some kids. Hey, congratulations. Hey, thank you. Someone just got engaged. Yeah, yeah. Someone just got engaged. Engaged to a nice Jewish girl. Shouts to Ali, who, by the way, uh, you know, I got to give big respect to that girl. And you want to talk about support and you want to talk about fucking a real teammate. That girl's like, top notch top shelf and marrying her i say this to her all the time was like the easiest decision i've ever had to make you know it was just like a no-brainer it was like it wasn't have to like oh, fuck am i gonna marry this girl i don't fucking no it was just it was just a no-brainer so shout out to ali robbins shout out my fiance rose yeah I, yeah robbins rose i think she's gonna like do that i think she's gonna like take my last name I don't old know. school i like it i feel like she likes we're it. going more old school as we go but i'm also fortunate that i have a cool last name yeah, like, very cool. I, I know. I was, I was gifted with. I have you know Crohn's disease and ADD, so those were <laughs> those were fucking hereditary. But I also got a cool last name. So shouts to uh, law of averages, my friend. Yeah, it's balancing the force. That's it. That's it. It was worth it. It was worth it. So um, so yeah, it's uh, that's it. I, I want to have kids one day for sure. Yeah, I think you're gonna have kids. If I had to put money on it, with I'd say within ten years. Within ten, you're years? gonna you're gonna get this going. And then you're going to find a nice lady who, you know, who knows? Yeah, who knows? Like, I've been uh, I've been seeing a lady recently. Come on. Yeah. Like, how'd you meet her? I've known her for a long time. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. A- anyone I know? The one who's singing on the track, <laughs> my dude. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I love that. And how's that going? It's going pretty good. She's uh. I mean, are we just talking about this openly right now? Yeah, fuck it. Who gives yeah. a shit? I mean, dude, I've known I've known Jules for fucking ever. We worked at Y Sushi in Vaudreuil together. Yeah, and she, uh, we're on the same frequency. Yeah, there's no uh, no one wants to hang out too much. Right. There's uh, there's there's good space and respect for right. like freedom and boundaries because we're we're both free spirits, of course. Um, and I I tell her like as a joke like having you around is good because it's just like it's a it's a protective measure that keeps me safe from myself in, right. the, in the late hours of the night where I'm not up to anything uh, <laughs> my mother would be too proud of. Yeah, yeah, nothing, we, nothing we'll talk about on this podcast. Yeah. Um, but, but I see you, like, with that type of person. You know, like, like I, you're, I, you're like not cut it, out. You know? Kind of like my brother. You, you guys, I don't think, are cut out for, like, the kind of... I don't want to use the term cookie cutter, but, like, standard relationship. Uh, I think you guys will both be in your kind of whether or not it's you want to even label it a relationship it'll just be very very unique in in and of itself you know and and i think that with the right woman it can be it can be great i believe in that shit you know I, having I, having I a teammate 
and whatever. I see it as te- like teammate as well. Yeah. Like she, she's got like a great charisma and personality. And, uh, I feel like she can, she's going to, she's already on track to be doing like really amazing things just based on her, her aura alone. Yeah. yeah she's good vibes, man. She's she, always ama- vibes, man. amazing and super supportive and just, just cool. And, and, and we get it and we're not cookie cutter people and not to say there's anything wrong with that, but look, I, I wear a track suit and, and I, I marched the beat of my own drum. That's it. So I can't expect myself to really do what everyone else does because it's, I can't roll like that. Whether it just is what it is. Yeah. But if, uh, if I can have a partner in crime who, who is, who is cool with that and, and doesn't just put up with it is like that as well. Yeah. yeah like Cause I would, it, yeah. I would never want have someone like just put up with me. Yeah, because that's not fair to oh, the like. Oh, there's me just going doing his fucking crazy shit. Like, yeah, like like I'm doing I'm doing shit now that if I, if I have someone who is like kind of rolling their eyes when I'm doing them, that's that's a total killer because I I'm I'm in this. This is before the storm. This is before the You're right the the galactic uh, explosion, right? So in these early years, I need like support, and I'm I'm giving that support on the other side as well. Yeah, but like I was briefly with a couple other people before and when i would talk about my stuff or talk about the fifth dimension or whatever the fuck it may be <laughs> and i get the eye rolling thing it's just like yo sorry i can't answer you anymore yeah yeah it's done yeah that's it it'd be the same way if i was with a girl who's like hey like uh you sure you want to like be this entrepreneur and like run this business and like you should maybe consider applying for a job at fucking bell canada and just you know for stability and for our future yeah you know you you can bank your rsps yeah you know yeah that's it you know i um that's not how i roll you know i just bought a fucking motorbike and a diamond ring like i emptied my bank account last week but like fuck it you know what i mean like it's gonna work out these were two decisions i knew i wanted to make (laughs) and that was it i did it yeah and uh and here we go like i'm back uh you know back at work and i'm happy to 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 be doing this and it's fucking that's it look there's two there's there's no right or wrong answer to how you want to live your life we're we all we're all no one and no one has that and we sure shit don't have the answer you know what i mean no it's just like who who's someone we can spend our time with that like makes it like mutually beneficial and it's like it's good vibes exactly we don't want to be fighting uphill right with anyone right we want them to be having as good a time as we are and yeah. and your lady understands the kind of guy that you are have you met her no you haven't met her crazy yeah. covid bro yeah yeah i'd say uh, yeah yeah you'll meet her at our wedding yeah yeah well I, there's a condition <laughs> yeah so i might not be there <laughs> we'll make it work no no we'll make it work we'll, we'll make, make it work, work. Yeah. but yeah yeah it's, it's just about uh it's about every every um Every relationship or every situation, every part, whatever the fuck, has its own, it's its own ecosystem. It's its own world. It has its own rules. So if everyone just worries about their own thing that makes them feel good, I think that'll be good. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's it. If it and we're, and we, we can't just, we're, we're, I think we're the same in the way where we rebel, your brother as well, my brother as well. We, we kind of rebel in a way like, we're not going to do what everyone does. It might, and maybe on our own terms later, we'll figure out that like what everyone did actually works pretty well, but we needed to find out for ourselves why we couldn't just do it. Exactly. You exactly. know, like, like, you know, like a I lot of my dig. friends, yeah. Who guys, you know, you know, like they, they took a very different road in life, school, big job, 
you know, married, early kids, whatever. And they're fucking happy, man. And you know what I mean? And I love that. I'm happy for them. Um, I don't know what, how it happens that for people like me, I knew from grade five that like I was going to be fucking horrible in school and that like I just wasn't going to be able to do anything in the academic world. You know, I was lucky enough, you know, I'm repeating myself to have parents that were able to kind of push me and be like, you don't need that. You know, and, and, but our generation was a little bit like uh, transitional in that regard. You know, I think like their generation was like, you need to go to school. You need to become an accountant or a lawyer or a fucking engineer. You need to buy a house and get married and blah, blah, blah. There was like me- like steps, you know, it was like how to kind of build up like what success is. Now it's a little bit different. I think parents are more lenient and, and like a little more kind of open to like, alternative yeah they're roots. realizing slowly that like okay maybe like forcing my kid to go to college is like counterproductive a little bit you know and yeah so i think the mic just cut out we're good we're yeah good. we're in a we're in a brave new world and uh what i like though about like ours our our crew let's call it is that we like especially us your brother <laughs> my brother we're we're kind of like we've got this like old school part of us that's in us, you know, like we have this old school kind of this, we do really well with the boomers because we are part of them. But I think it's largely due to our dads. Like, like both our dads kind of grew up in a tougher part of town, like maybe not a lot of money, you know what I mean? And like busted their ass and like built something, but did what they had to do. Yeah, and they taught they like I'll speak from my old man, but I'm sure it's the same uh with with your old man. Like I'm sure he was able to talk to people from the old neighborhood, you know, got fucking mechanic, Greek mechanic who lives in wherever Ville Saint Laurent, wherever he yeah, was yeah. from, or the you know, CEO of some big company, like the, like like some big garage door opening company, whatever, to be able to talk to those two different people from those two different worlds and to get along and to like that's a gift. That's like really not easy. Not a lot of people have that to be able to read the room like that. Um, yeah. And, and I get that from my dad and I, I think, you know, that Definitely. you would have got the same from your old man. I remember, you know, a few conversations I had. I mean, I remember having dinner, <laughs> I remember having dinner with your old man and like, it was crazy. Like he, he, his riffing and the way he could just talk to everyone and she's charming. It was crazy. And like, it, it's clearly rubbed off on you and your brother. Make everyone feel good. Yeah. He knows how, which buttons to push can be politically correct, but always get incorrect and always get away with it. Yeah, exactly. Cause he chose his spots. Remembers everyone's name. Yeah. Shit yeah. like that. That's old school shit. Yeah. That's old school shit that like, you know, you don't get a lot of anymore. I try to like, I, I, especially being in the food world now, like a lot of it is run. Like the industry is mainly you get guys like uh, you know like younger companies you know like midday squares shit like that people who are like younger and like coming up but like the old school dudes who are like I happen to be doing business with like the guys who run distribution companies and all this like they're older guys you know like the food brokers who are selling our sauce to you know Metro or whatever like these guys are like in their fifties you know they grew up doing deals smoking cigars on the golf course uh, to be able to like have a conversation with them and not make them like to get gain their respect and that you're not like some new kid chump chump kid who's just like entitled and yeah like, which which are automatically their reflex is gonna like go to that like 
who the fuck this kid came up with a hot sauce? Who does he think? Like, who does he think he is? You know? But you come at it with an attitude of like it's you just got to be authentic be yourself and 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 trust and and love your product and and that doesn't matter what you're making it doesn't matter if you're making music if you're making fucking hot sauce or anything if you authenticity and i think this speaks for your you know your old man my old man when they were in these situations they were always authentic and it, it people you can't argue with that you can't this authenticity no you know and there's something you said there about dealing with like older people because of the the line of work you're in. It was the same with me when I was a salesman in my first trip. I went to uh, went to Newfoundland, and I I went to go sell garage door openers. Yeah. Uh, that first trip I went with my dad, but then the rest of the trips I went by myself. And I quickly learned that I had like five seconds to make sure that this fifty to seventy year old dude that I was talking to was not going to slam the door in my face. Right. And I, I was. I guess I was a kind of outgoing guy. Not really. I was pretty quiet. Maybe the partying kind of helped me out a little bit. I was in rock and roll. Would you like take them out for dinner or you'd go like to their office? Like no, how, what I, was the game plan? So the game plan was I'd call them up like cold call, <laughs> like from home. Yeah. I'd set up meetings. I said, Hey, I'm coming to town. I would love to meet you. I'd love to come by your office to show you our catalog, uh, run you through the products and then uh, set up a dinner if you're into it, into it. One, a one-on-one dinner. Yeah. Just like that. Just like that. Wow. It was the only fucking, it was, it was like build a plane when you're yeah. crash landing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to fly out to this place. I have like five, six calls that whichever one's more receptive, I'll, I'll plan a dinner with them. And I would go out and first of all, I'd go in, I'd meet them. I had my slick back hair, shaved face, like respectful company yeah. shirt tucked in, you know, the works. I didn't look like a jerk. Right. Um, I, I was raised by my dad, like when I, and well, and my mom, but raised by my dad in the sense that it was like, if I didn't walk straight or I walked a little crooked, like he, he corrected me. Right. It's like, that's not how you fucking walk. That's old school, man. Now, yeah, you don't, now you don't it's like, like oh, fucking... my son can walk however he wants to walk, you know? And it's like, I don't know. No, no. It's like, don't fucking walk like that. You're going to get a beating <laughs> from me and the world, <laughs> you know? So you don't walk like that. So I was like trained from a young guy. I knew how to put on that, that assured old school, that stomp, you know, yeah. whatever the fuck it was. And I and I, I worked in the warehouse with a multitude of different like uh, ethnicities since I was like yeah I've been in that warehouse fourteen it's amazing so like I was guys. raised side by side working with like Haitian guys and Indian guys Pakistani guys like uh, Vietnamese like all kinds Trent Trent <laughs> yes and all, and all and it was really second nature to me like I, I guess I developed that to be able to talk to anybody. Whether it was a customer that my dad brought in from a big company or the guys in the warehouse that I worked side by side with for like 10 years. Yeah. Um, and then it was, just, it, it was nerve wracking to go fly out by myself. But when after our first sales trip, my dad was like, all right, set up the next one. Tell me when we're going. And I'm like, no, you're not coming. Because the guy said he, he took up too much space. And so if you want me to develop these markets and go meet these customers, you can't be there. Because right. I'm just your fucking secretary, yeah, your exactly. laptop. He respected that. That's cool. He respected. And then I went and, uh, like I said, I was going for dinner. I was 22 and I was going out with 50 year olds. Did it ever get like, uh, without incriminating yourself, did I, I need to know, you ever go out with a guy who just turned out to be like a dark maniac and you would just go on these insane expeditions with or like have these insane dark nights with? Well, I've had some crazy nights. But like. For sure. But uh, I wouldn't say Dark. On a sales dinner, though, like would a sales dinner yeah, a ever sale, go a, off the rails completely? 
every, almost every time because it wasn't really a sales dinner. It was, we weren't talking about business. Right. We're like, we're going to go out and I'm going to entertain you. Right. We're going to go to the steakhouse you want to go to. We're yeah. going to go to the strip club you want to go to. Okay, okay, okay. And we're going to just have a good time. And it just, people look, f- like, <laughs> I develop friendships with these guys and they look forward to me coming to town because I was an escape for them. Right. And only later on did I realize that that was my true value add in this, because I offered them products at the same relative price of the competitor, but I brought them the yeah. party and then young the story, whippersnapper, you know, you know yeah. I could, I could, I could, I could charm, that's it. Charm the waitress by saying some goofy shit that was self-deprecating. And I could tell jerk off jokes to this, this fucking guy. And he, he thought it was hilarious because it's like you're in Calgary. No one makes these Calgary in 2005. No one's making fucking jerk off jokes. And I, I was just like pushing it to see, and I was building that rapport and I had a, the products got sent relatively on time. You know, we were good to deal with. We had amazing people on the phones. And I was just the, the, the initiator, the fire starter. Yeah. And I would keep up that, that yeah, report. You were the face of the whole but thing. But yeah, there, there, there was a, one time there was a, a guy who went real dark. Like, Let's go. I real dark. Go. And it, it, was, it was at a trade show. It was in Las Vegas. Uh, shout out to my friend Traver if he's going to listen to this. But he'll know exactly who I'm talking about. And it, it's not... He just, he was, I don't know, like 300 pounds, like five, eight, but like, a ta- like carried it well, carried it like a strong man. Right. So this guy was a beast. Like it's, it's not like he, he needed a crane or a scooter to drive around. This guy was a, an animal. You could break a two by four on his right. chest and right. he, ah. Yeah, no problem. And he was like, he was just throwing back drinks, you know, it was just throwing them back. And we're like, fuck this guy, this guy can really drink, you know, like this guy's a, a stud. I don't know, about an hour later, he started getting like kind of crazy and then he started getting real emotional and then there was like oh. like crying and shit and then just like just made everyone awkward and it was a collective like group thing. Right. We went to this like regional trade show in Vegas and we're uh-huh. like, yeah, let's just bring everyone out because that's how we made our name for ourselves. Right. We spent too much money just having a good time with people and that's how people knew us. So you'd bring out like a bunch of guys? We'd bring out fucking competitors, man. We'd bring out competitors. And that was something my dad did. I love that move. He didn't give a fuck. Like the first trip to Newfoundland, he, we saw a competitor on the flight. And it's like, that guy is only going to be there for one reason, to go see those people. He's like, look, we're going to see that guy. We'll all go for dinner together. And that's why people love my dad, because he kind of, he put like the no nonsense ego competition yeah, no. shit. He, like we're all in this together. Like he didn't give a fuck. And we were lucky to be in a small, relatively small industry. That's it. We all knew each other. We all grew up together. And so I came into this world for, for years and years. I was just dealing with older dudes and women, but it was mostly dudes. It was more of a trade kind of business. And, and it was a lot of fun. I learned a lot of shit. And the stuff that you learn that you don't know you learn, right. but you learn how to read a room. You learn how to, to gauge someone's mood. You learn how, just like you know how to do. It becomes natural. It becomes intrinsic. Right. And I was really undisciplined before, like growing up. This taught me how to be on time for meetings. It taught me a lot of things that, Growing up, kind of, I guess, sheltered in my room, playing guitar, eating apple pie, yeah. pulling a whack yeah. that, like, that I didn't know. So uh, it was a great experience. And if I didn't learn that shit, uh, it would be a detriment to, I guess, who I am now. Yeah. I man, yeah, that's crazy. I mean, I, I remember me from back then and it was like, I mean, it was crazy. It was, perf- it was, it was always, it was always a hundred percent. So yeah, we're going to talk business. We're going to do this uh, or we're going to party. Cause I would, I would 100%. schedule my trips. No one wanted to do meetings on the weekend. Right. So I was, I was flying during the week and then on Friday nights I'd be back and we'd show up on Hudson, go to the chat, go to the chateau, it's lack, rest in peace. It's closed. 
forever. Oh, they're trying to sell the building. Maybe they sold it. You got to buy it. That's what I don't, I don't need that energy, man. I don't no, need it. It was, no, there are some fucking demons in that. Yeah. In that it, it was a great place. It was an amazing spot. I oh. went there maybe 500 Fridays in a row. We uh, did mushrooms there once. I think we were alone there too. You, me, and my brother. My yeah. brother trashed the place. We listened to the hives. We forced that we forced the DJ to play. Like, the did hive. we really trash the place or did we throw a couple of stools? No, no, on we the didn't ground? trash the place. My brother threw stools on the ground. And uh, the bouncer, we the bouncer was about to kick him out, and my brother told him, "But I'm on shrooms, man." And the bouncer's like, oh, "All right, that's cool. You're cool." Like, yeah, that's like, a great about a country he like, bar. He's like, "I get it. I get country it." Country bar, a lot of a lot of great stories. Yeah, a lot of fucking great stories. Yeah. Good shit. So what's what's next for Dave Rose? What's next in the world man. of smoke show? Why don't you talk about the product a little bit? So you know? yeah, I mean, what's next? The product development, the USA is like definitely in the crosshairs right now. It's um. I'm working on a I'm working on a partnership with Barstool. No shit. Yeah. So like, fucking Barstool. There's like this living meme in the U.S. is ranch, 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 ranch. All these like college kids are always putting ranch on everything. Yeah. So I'm working as we speak on the recipe for a jalapeno, a smoke show jalapeno ranch, like sauce that is going to be targeted for the american kind of college demographic cheap delicious and uh there's no jalapeno ranch out there but it's pretty much a guaranteed delicious product well everything you make is absolutely delicious yeah it doesn't get the the dave rose kind of seal of approval because you, you didn't like just it. start a random hot sauce company. you started a company that makes delicious right. products yeah the, thank you the, the, you're an artist the product the, the products have to be fucking delicious because we've all had a million different versions of sriracha and there's nothing more boring than just releasing one of those so you you, you want to look for something that's unique ranch is like a safe bet but we make it unique in the sense where we're putting jalapeno in it um and then yeah so i, I don't it's not a done deal yet with the barstool thing they're gonna want it's gonna be all ads that they're gonna run and the, on their podcast and in their how their, this how did this come to be and if you and if you're not well, you brought it up. So I, now I cold, you're, now you're I in. Cold, it. Uh, speaking of cold call, I cold called them. I listen to their hockey podcast a lot. Um, I listen to a few. I follow their, uh, their president Dave Portnoy. Like he does his crazy pizza. He's reviews. a wild dude. He's a wild dude, man. But very cool story. Hard worker. Seventeen years started like a betting. It was like a shitty newspaper in Boston, just like on bets. He's a hard dude. He's a he's seen some shit. He takes no dude. shit. He takes no shit. Yeah. Mad respect he'll, that guy. He'll lean into the wind, and I, I, uh, I don't know. I, I, there's a lot to be learned. He, he's also a madman, and he has, I think, bad kind of managing skills, and he can be really, he can be super disrespectful. But there's also a lot to learn from him. I think. Uh, so I, I love their brand. I love that the story. Seventeen years of like. You know, shoveling shit, and they did it start as bar, barstool sports as like barstool. it was a magazine, like a sports yeah, betting was, magazine or a, stats. What was exactly, it was a it was a uh, magazine. Sorry, it wasn't a magazine. It was a newspaper that they would write bullshit articles on, and they would place like bets. So, like, okay, they wouldn't place bets; they would give picks for bets. So, oh, this weekend, Team X is playing Team Y. Like, you should pick Team X. Here's why: like, bet you know, bet on this, this, the, whatever, whatever. I don't know how betting works, but that's what it was. It was referred to as a betting rag just like a shitty newspaper that that kind of guides you in your bets betting is a big thing in i guess massachusetts so i think it's a big, big thing, thing in, in the world yeah, yeah. 
especially I, obviously you don't have that thing i no, don't have that either no, thank go- among thank other god. things but thank yeah god that's yeah i'm mean, glad i don't have that one. Oh man that's a dark one yeah to quote no mcdonald though <laughs> betting is the only addiction Gam- sorry, gambling is the only addiction that can make you filthy rich, <laughs> which is good. Which is spoken like a true gambling addict. Um, yeah. So, anyways, Barstool. So, so big fan of you know their brand, and I just reached out to the producer of Spit and Chicklets, which is their hockey podcast, and I was like, "Hey, here's the name." And not to mention that for the last ten years, Barstool has been putting on their blog, um smoke show fridays it's like every friday they post a picture of an attractive woman and they just refer to it as a smoke show of, of, of the week or whatever okay so the, like your brand the, the for the term, audience is yeah, smoke show exactly like the terminology is already there it's like deeply entrenched in like the barstool world they're always posting videos of these like college girls putting a ranch on their pizzas like downing a ranch it's like ranch 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 like I don't know. It's, it's it outsold last year pound for pound. It outsold ketchup. Ranch what in the U.S.? Yeah. Holy shit! Yeah. So because I see all these like Olive Garden, Applebee's memes. Yeah. No ranch. And they always talk sauce. about ranch. Yeah. Yeah. Ranch Americans is, love ranch. They love ranch. Dude, they put on their pizza. They dip their wings. It's like in our it. maple syrup. Exactly. No, ranch, we, don't, we don't use nearly as much no, maple no, syrup ranch as is that. Incredible though. I love ranch. So right now we're working on a ranch, jalapeno ranch. Which we're going to launch in the U.S. Um, hopefully in partnership with Barstool. That would be amazing. And we're going to have warehousing in the states. Blah blah blah. And uh, logistics. It's a logistic yeah, yeah, thing. We'll get into that later. <laughs> and um, yeah, hopefully that kind of shoots us into the next level. You know, it's uh, in the wise words of uh, Andy Manaris, "Wouldn't hurt. Wouldn't hurt." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> These many wise words come from that boy. Yeah, do what you can with what you got. Yeah, exactly. So, but that that could be sweet. Yeah, yeah. And then and then in the meantime, we're gonna we're launching a Dijonese, like a like a kind of more low key uh, Dijon sauce that is, you know. I think I tried delicious. that. Yeah, I think I tried a, an early beta version. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really good and a pantry collection for all you young condo owners whose fucking spice cabinet looks like shit. This is a collection of six delicious spices. To keep your pantry looking sharp when that girl comes over from Tinder and opens the wrong drawer and finds all your neatly packed spices, you can thank me for that. So I'm going to clip up that part that, so and give it to you Yeah, so you can have yeah, it for your marketing. That was, that was a beautiful pitch. Exactly. And that's kind of, uh, that's, that's what's up, man. And um, the US online, I want to build online like crazy. I mean, you know this, but. But yeah, I want to build out online. So, uh, COVID, how, oh. how did how did that affect your your thinking and strategy as a company? So, strategy right off the bat, we had to pivot big time. So, I'm going to fix this. I know uh, it's just I just don't want to like. Well, you can go down up if you want. Yeah, like this. hold on. Sorry, it's my first podcast, guys. All right, yeah. so um, we're good now. Coronavirus, man. When that shit hit, I didn't know what was going to happen. You know, it was like. Uh, I didn't know what to expect. We sold at the time 30, 40% of our revenue was, was to restaurants and bars, you know, and they were forced to shut down. So I was like, okay, well, are we just going to lose 40% of our revenue and that's it and be fucked? That was like what I thought was going to happen. And then next thing I knew, I started to see like a big uptick. So, so the restaurants closed and then I started seeing like the company that deals with us on Amazon, like sells our shit on Amazon, starts placing like, big orders 
And he's like, yo, your shit is blowing up on Amazon. And I'm like, okay, cool. And then our distributor for all our grocery stores, same shit. Yo, man, everyone's, because no one's going to restaurants. So everyone's like, you know what? I'm going to go to the grocery store and try and spice up my life by like, by like not buying another shitty bottle of Tabasco. Like I'll splurge for this fancier hot sauce. So they were buying smoke. So we were able to compensate in that regard on. Uh, so that naturally happened. That happened naturally. Yeah. Then I got creative. I started bringing um, everything started going well with like Amazon. I was like, you know, I know I have so many people in the food world. I'm going to buy Amazon. Pro- I'm going to buy food products and sell them to this guy on Amazon. So completely unrelated to smoke show. We just started selling a bunch of shit on Amazon. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 I mean, it was, it was low hanging fruit that could like add to our revenue. And I was like, no work done. Really. I just, this guy was like a certified Amazon distributor and he just sells a bunch of shit on Amazon. So. Are you at liberty to talk about some of the products that you're selling? Yeah, I guess so. Joe Beef, all their spice blends, we sell them through Amazon. Amazing, because you developed those channels and then Magic Highways opened up. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, Fifth Dimension at work, fellow time travelers. Yeah, exactly. St. Vieter (laughs) Bagels. Really? Yeah, we just started with them. It's just easy, uh, you know, It's and people are way open now, way more open to buying fucking food online, you know? I only buy food online, other than like going to the, the... the butcher, the butchery. But like when this started five years ago, man, like I would maybe get one order a month online. Mind you, we were a much smaller business and we weren't pumping any money into ads or anything. But like no one, like the world, the common consumer was like way more kind of like, oh, I want to go to the grocery store and I want to see the product. I want to hold it like, like, oh, this product is warehoused like next to an iPhone charger in an Amazon fulfillment center. You know, it's like a weird concept. Well, it was. And then when coronavirus hit, people just got way more open to it. They were forced to start ordering food on Amazon. And and it was just, it was just, it just kept rolling. But the problem that we had during coronavirus was, was supply, was making the product because all of our clear plastic bottles were bought up from all the hand sanitizer companies and all the fucking, oh, yeah, I remember. all the soap companies were just buying up all the plastic. So we literally could not find plastic. So I almost had to switch the bottle, whatever, whatever. Luckily, we, you know, we got through that shit show and, um, and yeah, now, you know, kind of, things are kind of back to normal. So plastic supplies back to normal. Uh, and we're just looking ahead but online business versus traditional restaurants because the restaurants just closed again closed did they did, did things come back out? when they came back yeah. did you see a for like 30 seconds you know like we got a couple of restaurant orders and then they were forced to shut down again it was just but just you so wasn't. you so have you shifted more to an online strategy yeah big time big time right now the, the entire focus you know we're shooting we shot ads last week we're shooting more ads next week um getting some nice conversions or what we're getting there. We're getting there. It's not where we want it to be, but every month we kind of, you know, retreat, count the wounded, and uh, and refine uh, and refine. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's him, all it is, hit him, really. Hit them again and uh, keep keep plowing forward until you know you find the winning uh, the winning formula. So yeah, we just want to we just want to build online. Like I want to like ten x our online sales. Margins are healthier. Everything and it's like it's like the biggest room for growth, uh, and it's pretty much simple you know the whole simple logistics yeah the process is so easy man for us to just ship out sauce to anywhere right now we can do it worldwide we have people ordering from the u.s but it's like shipping is very expensive because we're shipping it from here so anyways i'm I'm kind of 
rambling right now. But well, no, but it's about- it's super interesting because a lot of people want to figure out how to make do during like I don't know financial insecurity. Yeah, or I mean, like insecure times, like sell online. Sell and- online. It doesn't matter. And and what's great, especially if you know if you're a, if you have a food product, if you're selling, a lot of people are worried about selling their product online. Um, because you know it's not made in like a, a government inspected facility and whatever but if you're selling a product directly to the consumer you can make whatever the fuck you want so if you have a good jam recipe make it at home create a free shopify website and just sell it and ship it i know it sounds crazy but you're you can do it it's like selling a product at a farmer's market it you can no one's coming to inspect about what how clean your kitchen was when you made it or whatever you can just you're legally allowed to make a food product and to sell it to someone at least in canada i I don't know you know how many people are going to be listening to this from like outside well the the thing is with these things they exist forever right yeah and i got a lot of ukrainian fans yeah shouts to ukraine shout out actually yeah man come on yeah well we ship hot sauce to ukraine and uh yeah so smokeshowsauce.com because when you come on next time because this is going to be a yeah 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 and i'll create a i'll create a, a promo code for you oh that should we s- create it right now what should it be just uh let's just create a promo code called misha sure or like i don't know whatever what, what do you want it to be All, anyone who listens to your shit forever will have a uh, discount so it'd be stuff. like smokeshow.com slash i don't know time travel or something I don't know how to do it that way, but I think all they'd have to do is on checkout is just put a fucking perfect a, a promo code. So what do you want it to be? Uh, it should be something good, no? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> think about it. I'm the good. Galactic Federation of <laughs> no, no, short and simple, man. <laughs> how about uh, no? You gotta you gotta come up with it. It's your it's your uh, promo code. I'm I'm literally doing it right now. Uh, time travel? No, because that's two words. We want to do one thing. Misho. Uh, how I- about Misho? Yeah. Misho. All right. Let's do it. We're doing it live. All right. We're create, doing the thing. Create discount code. Oh, no. Hold on. Automatic discounts. Where are we at? Oh, so you can do this on your phone. Yeah. I'm Man, do right you, are, you are hype. I'm, uh, all right. Discount code M I S C H O. So anyone listening to this, and then you and I will discuss your kickback. You know, we'll, uh, yeah, very nice. we'll get you a little Yeah, I'm looking we'll forward you, to that yeah, conversation. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Yeah, looking forward to it. <laughs> it's been a while. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've, you've been wanting to hear that word for a while. All right. Um, so that'd be great. So, you? Like fucking. Oh yeah, it's your call. I have no idea how fifteen percent. What's the the podcast standard? Fifteen percent is good, right? It's, I guess. I think so. As long as, like as, as, long as it doesn't put you and your to. and your your future wife on the street. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, I hope not. Because you're probably gonna get at least a hundred thousand orders from Ukraine. From this podcast, I'm gonna have to yeah. pay a billion dollars in shipping, but that's all right. So, okay, M I S C H O will get you fifteen percent off. Smokeshowsauce.com, dude. We're gonna slowly turn this into like a real pod, and by we, I mean you. Well, absolutely. But I mean, I mean, if you don't, if you have a podcast and you're not pushing a promo code, you don't have a podcast. You're not a real podcast. That's it. And dude, this is uh, brought so, to you by Smoke Show. So M I S C H O, fifteen percent off all products on Smoke Show. Yeah, you want to be a sponsor? I'll like talk about you every time. Yeah, for sure. Like that's legit. You're that's my it. first sponsor. That's it. Hey, we'll, shake your we'll, hand. we'll set it up so like uh, you know we can do we can do like go to smokeshowsauce.com/slash/show and yeah, welcome fellow time traveler. Yeah, and like, then we'll uh, have it all set up. Yeah, proud sponsor of uh the, the Misho co- podcast the, yeah we'll put you on the website yeah i love it yo i'm so into it there because I, yesterday i booked 12 podcasts come on yeah man. jake 
Jake's coming on. Sam and Daddy. <sighs> wow. That, that, that guy. Nick Saltarelli. Wow. Dude, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's. I thought all, awesome. all the stars and anyone you think. I love it. Send them my way because I'm just. I'm going to be super consistent on this. Like, I can send some people your way for sure. Like rogue dudes, you know? Yeah. Like, like people who make a great conversation. Yeah, man. But like rogue. Like, yeah, well, just tell me first. Unless you want to like, just send them to me. <laughs> They'll show up at this like time. Show up at this time. Yeah, some fucking guys who, have, who still have pagers. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I mean, who else did you book? Um, well, obviously, I had Trin, my brother, um, Turcotts on Friday. Donnie. No, Don, Donnie. Donnie is going to come on. The elusive Donnie Dikas will probably be on on episode one thousand. Okay. Because uh, he needs to see proof of concept before he He's potentially not potentially like he doesn't want to potentially affect his brand. So he wants to make sure he's coming on to at least a million episodes, a, a million views. Right. Right? Like, ladies and gentlemen, and I get we're and so happy to have him after 10 yeah. years. Because in trying. the negotiations between our management, right. uh, this doesn't have enough traction yet because we right. haven't even launched. Yeah. So he's a big time player. Okay. And when it's time to promote his art in, in a thousand episodes. Is he episodes, still making art? Yeah. He's got a sweet spot. Come on. Yeah. Is he selling? Is it like, is it like thousands of dollars for a Donnie Dika's piece? I don't know. I don't know what it is. He's building his website now. So uh, Donnie Deke is an amazing I'd artist. Love, yeah, I know he is. He's got such good stuff. I, d- I didn't know that he was just still making art. Yeah, he's making art. He's, uh, he's a man of many talents. He is. He's gifted. Last time I saw him, he was like yeah. working in someone's house, like just do, doing shit. With well, he's hands. like running teams. Like yeah. he, he, he knows what to do. He, like, he rebuilt his whole house, I know. sold it. He flipped it. Yeah, man, by himself. Fuck. That's a savage. But, uh, but no, he's really... He's choosing his spots where he wants to do things. He's created a nice uh, ecosystem for his, for himself. Yeah. And um, I think he has a, like, because my brother and I have been hyping the Donnie Dikas brand for, I mean, for he's, eons. He's, he's a legend. That, that guy is a fucking he, He's going to be the mayor of Griffintown. <laughs> when, when he walks by, everyone, people come out, they wave to him. They salute him. Yeah, because he's he, going to he, get like two flags on his car. You know that? Like, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Your brother should drive him around in the 560 yeah, yeah, with the uh, Jordanian flags. Which, by the way, had a little problem on the highway the other day. No, oh, no, no. He pulled up. He was going to jam and uh, like there was smoke coming out the engine or some shit. But he thinks it's just a gasket issue. But, but yeah. But I mean, other than that, it's a that 1988 car, 560. So, so for the record, yeah. And Jay I, Leno's favorite car of the 80s. Really? I was watching Jay Leno the other night. Did you see on my Instagram? He's riding a 1918 motorcycle. And he, J- Jalen was such a goof, man. He's hilarious. Um, Mish and his brother gave or sold my brother, sold my brother, their grandfather's 560 SEL from 1988, the year I was born. And it was in triple mint condition, which, my, by the way, I have to say, my brother has kept it. Have you seen it recently? Uh, no, but my brother it's, saw it two days ago. He saw he saw the king clean, himself clean, driving down the street. Clean as fuck. My brother keeps it immaculate. That's the car that's in the machine video. Right, right. It is. And it is the machine. My brother's in that video as well. Of course he is. Yeah. But so, I think that's the problem with it. It was too mint. Like you know, when cars are not driven enough, that's right. when they develop problems. Yeah. So he had to fix a couple of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but it was a bargain aesthetically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got it for a fucking steal. So. Um, so anyways, yeah, my brother will give you the rundown on that when he's on here. Yeah, I, I, look, for, I look forward to that. Yeah. What were we just talking about? We were talking about... Uh, Your podcast, people you want. I, I want to get some people on here for you. I yeah, and, and it's, fun, and it's fun because uh, there's, there's, no, like, there's no like plan of attack. I haven't chosen a niche. You know, like, like most podcasts are like practical, like how to 
this isn't podcast about how to how to fix drum breaks. Right. You know, like like YouTube channels. Right. This is just like the niche is is just this. It's it's just good conversation. We're gonna cut up because I watch all the greats, you know? Yeah. And so they have the podcast on the main channel and then they have a separate channel that's cut up clips. Yeah. With like proper titles. That's it. Like let's say we talked about uh, online food business. Yeah. So online food business, it'll be a five second segment and it'll be on a separate channel called like Misho Clips or whatever. Yeah. And it's tagged and it's it's more discoverable. Yeah. And like I'd say our crazy story about 2012. Right. Uh, that'll be tagged. We'll tag like uh, Burgundy Lion and maybe we'll get like a Montreal base to like come in on that. That's it. And so every podcast will be like at least five, six clips. So every week there's but like- But then you also have the full thing. Of course. Yeah. And, and you so, can do that? Like, uh, you can upload, I mean, Rogan does it, but like, you can upload a does. fucking five-hour video to, to- Oh, yeah. Yeah, YouTube has uh, come along. It used to be 10 minutes, I remember. Yeah, that's, I, I didn't know it changed. I didn't know it changed. Yeah, you can upload, uh, well, I'm going to find out. I haven't uploaded, because on average, they've been like two hours like this. Yeah. And yeah. it's at, at two hours, we kind of get our, uh, unless we're fucking high or something. Yeah, have you done, do you, are you still, do you smoke pot or like do any sort of uh, like THC? Funny you ask. Yeah, I do. I don't smoke. I don't. Right, I don't enjoy do like smoking. Edibles? But I, yeah. I'm a big fan of edibles. Yeah, like heavy dose or like micro dose. Uh, heavy dose. <laughs> really? I mean, well, yeah. Well, no. Like once in a blue, which is like twice a month, I'll I'll hit myself with a enough uh, THC edibles to like become the couch. Okay. Like uh, my friend Rob Turcott was saying, uh, "Oh, do you take it and like you get like a creative boost of energy?" I'm like, "No, no, no. I take it because like." I, I just love numbing out in a safe way where there's like no hangover. Right. And so on my couch, yeah, I'll exactly. watch some movies, I'll get some donuts yeah. and it'll be my little treat. You'll have an episode. Yeah. And, you literally have and it's, like it's a, a nice, relaxing, safe way to go. Yeah. It's not that high because I'm, I'm a lightweight. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's why I dabble in. I, I have a drink once in a while. Yeah. Like uh, I'll have a glass of wine. With dinner or whatever. Yeah. Cool. Well, if I go to a restaurant. Right. Which those which, days are uh, fucking over. You know, before the great war. Yeah, we'll be back soon. Twenty twenty. I keep telling all the boys, twenty twenty one's our year, boys. That's it. Twenty twenty one's our year. Twenty one is uh, is the year. I mean, I hope so. I'm about to fucking book a wedding. Uh, yeah, you want to be our wedding planner, Mish? Uh, uh, no thanks. <laughs> uh, no chance, as Donnie Dickus would say. No chance. No chance. Um, but yeah, twenty one, twenty twenty one is going to be great. Oh, I can see it right because I have the uh, yeah the you ability have, to see you the have future. The gift to see the future. And so that's what time travel is. It's it it's uh. It's just, it's the ability to like grow in time. It's a, it's a metaphor for like personal growth. Yeah. Right. And it's just about understanding that if, at least my personal philosophy is if you help yourself, the universe will conspire in your favor. Right. And if you don't, it will, it will conspire in the opposite favor. I hear you. And that's just been something that I've, I found true to myself. And I feel like that's what time travel is. So you're able to see your memories and things with different perspective. I love it, and uh, that's what time travel is, my dude. Cool. So, uh, does that wrap us up? On, I think so. I think so. On episode I gotta, three I of the pod, I gotta get back to work. I gotta get back to work. Amazing. Well, I luckily, gotta, luckily, you're down the hall. Yeah, that's it. Which is great. So, anytime you need a, another guest, you could be my Norm McDonald on the Conan uh, O'Brien show. Oh, man, remember I mean, that? I mean, I would be. First of all, I could never li- live anywhere uh, up to to that. But uh, I met Norm, by the way. Did I tell you that? What? I met Norm. I w- I went to some comedy show, and my agent John. Because I have an agent, dude. You're so you're so Hollywood. I'm so dude. connected. Uh, well, I don't know. I don't know if Hollywood's fucking burning. Yeah. So Hollywood, I don't know. Uh, yeah. I don't know if those days are over. But but he, we went to watch him, and Norm uh, showed up 
an hour late to the set. As as he does. Normally, he, he doesn't do that. He was quite apologetic. But when he showed up on stage, he had like a Band-Aid on his face. And he said he was on a new Sandler movie. And he got into, like, he wanted to do his own stunt. And this is what he said. He said he wanted to do his own stunt, and he got hurt. And so that's why it took him forever to get back. Do you, to think, do you think it's a complete fabrication? Well, we all believed it. The crowd believed it. And uh, his first set that he did was like two hours long. He was supposed to do two sets. And he read the clock wrong. And I know this because that's what he told me. Because I, I went in the dressing room. I got to meet him. Wow. With John. And he read the clock wrong. So like the whole time was for both sets. But he did it in one. So like the, the people were waiting out. Like it was, it was just a catastrophe. But Norm slapped. Did, did he kill? Yeah. He was fucking amazing. Yeah. He was fucking amazing. But and how was he when you met him? Like was he like, like, like kind of. So tall. Was he, he welcoming? Was he like, hey, but like nice to meet you? Or was he, he was like, very hey. no, he was very friendly. Yeah. He was he was like a he was like a friendly, timid, like <coughs> sweet, odd soul. Right. And he was drinking Shirley Temples. I'm not surprised. Um, I think that's what he was drinking. And when John, the, my agent, said, So how are you how are you doing? Like, are you okay? He's like, ah, that <laughs> I made that shit up. I was just fucking late. All right. <laughs> I fucking had a feeling, man. <laughs> oh, you fucking read yeah. him right. But it, it, I'm like, Norm would fucking just carry gauze in his pocket and just wrap it around his yeah, head and be but, like, yeah, I had a terrible accident on an Adam Sandler movie. Yeah, and it, everyone believed it. Everyone loved it. Um, and we hung out with him a little bit. He did his set and we drove home. Fuck, that's cool. So what's your agent like? Is he like super Hollywood agent type? Uh, Kind of. Yeah. Kind of. I mean, you know? he got you in a green room to meet John McDonald. Uh, yeah. Well, Norm McDonald. That's, uh, his brother is uh, Rob Schneider. Oh fuck! Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, he's a funny guy, Rob Schneider. He's hilarious. Did yeah. you see his new uh, Netflix special? No, no. Way more enjoy. Not to knock on Rob Schneider because I've always been a big fan of his right. uh, of his films and his appearances in yeah. the Sandler movies and the Sandler sagas. Yeah, which you got to see Hubie Halloween. Okay, like he he packed like, all the punches. Okay, Sandler brought pretty much everyone who's ever been in anything of his. And even he even made it like, like you know, there was Ver, uh, Veronica Vaughn or uh, like alliterations, classic okay, well, alliterations. Here's the, here's from, the make a Is Steve Buscemi in it? Of course he is. Oh, he's yeah, a werewolf. <laughs> he's a he's a werewolf. I mean, I mean, the the fact Steve that Steve Buscemi, Buscemi is in in these Sandler movies is fucking hilarious. That guy is legendary because he's like an esteemed actor. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like his acting is studied in like acting schools. Yeah, like uh, him on Broadway. Uh, Boardwalk Empire or him in like like serious movies unbelievable but he's still cool enough that he can appear in a Sandler movie and he usually plays like a deranged lunatic crazy eyes like he plays what he looks like what's the movie is it Mr. Deeds where he plays crazy eyes and he's got like two googly eyes Uh, I think it is crazy is it or is it or is that uh, Bobby Boucher one uh, what oh because he's a homeless guy schools for fools look (laughs) at me (laughs) But yeah, Hubie Halloween, you got to watch. And uh, yeah, my agent's he's, he's a nice guy, family guy, sweet guy. Yeah. Connected me to some really interesting people, uh, working on some cool stuff cool. via him. So that's good. So I it's cool. That's the point. I, don't, I know nothing of that world. So I'm happy that you. I'm happy well, you're, honestly, you're neither do I. Yeah. Neither do I. But, um, but let's just say that uh, it's going to, you never know. You never know. That's it. That's you never it. know. And this podcast is definitely not going to hurt. No, that's it. And uh, and yeah, on that, congrats. I love what you're doing. 
And uh, thank you very much. Just keep fucking going for and it. And I man. love what you're doing. And I, I can't wait to see that big collab. Because this is the fifth dimension. What we say here manifests, my friend. Yeah, yeah. It creates. I mean, let's just do it. I don't know. Like this whole fifth dimension. I mean, next thing I know, I'm going to be wearing one of your fucking. Uh, do you want one of these uh, One of these here armbands? <laughs> sure. You know, you walk around looking like a fucking uh, like a freak. I don't want to put that. I don't want to say what I want to say, but I don't want to put that fucking out. Yeah, yeah. No, you know what I'm I saying? Hear you. I hear you. I hear you. All, All right, right, my dude. We're out. Well, uh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for hanging play out. Play some fucking music. Here, I'll, I'll play. Uh, I'll play something going out here. All Let's right. see what I got. It's right. gonna be real short because it's only the intro. Let's go. Let's see what we got. This is playing us out. Well, Dave Rose, where can we follow Smoke Show? Uh, Instagram at Smoke Show Sauce. Go to our website smokeshowsauce.com. Promo code Misho M I S C H O. Hell yeah! Fifteen percent off. Ship anywhere in the world. And uh, yeah. Thanks for having so, me. So Smoke Show Sauce, and also available on Amazon, if, Amazon that's, if that's your only option. Yeah, Amazon.ca, Amazon.com. Uh, if you're in Canada, we're in a grocery store somewhere near you. And uh, that's pretty much it, guys. Thanks Wonderful. for listening. Wonderful. Well, Dave Rose. about fucking whatever. Hey, that was and great. Thanks for having isn't me. Isn't that man. great? It's been a, it's you been know, isn't it cool? No phones. Yeah. Just straight talk. It's great. It's trying great. Trying not to have too much blank that's air. It. Yeah. You yeah. brought up Dead some good air. old stories, you know? Yeah. So well, let's see what we got more. here. Go, let her rip. A little excerpt from Spaced Out. Coming to you in 2021 off the uh, EP California Beeman. And we're done. <laughs>